taking you back down memory lane. It is Turned Up Tuesday. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> it is Turned Up Tuesday on Coffee Intel, where we play yesterday's hits, today's favorites, or yesterday's favorites and today's hits. But we're going to be more in yesteryear today. This is the group Allure featuring 112 All Cried Out. And we have more favorites coming up. Not sing, but I can't help myself this morning. And this is Megan Trainer featuring John Legend. Like I'm gonna lose you. take you back to the 80s with the next song <laughs> take you back to my high school days coming up Atlantic Star who remembers this one Should not be together. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Taking you right back, all the way back to the ages. Secret lovers. I don't know why in high school so many of us were bellowing this song out. <laughs> Should not be together 
back to the 2000s <laughs> leave people man and people over alone <laughs> here's alicia keys try sleeping with a broken heart this one we're gonna go ahead and get started with the headlines keep it locked
You know, as I'm here listening to the songs and I'm here mouthing the words of these songs, don't know them all word for word, but the human brain is truly amazing. And what's even more amazing is the power of music. No matter how old a song is or how long ago we may have heard it, it comes back to us as if we just heard it yesterday. The beauty of music, the power of music. That one was from Alicia Keys, Try Sleeping with a Broken Heart. And it's time for us to go ahead and get started. Here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. One cup of coffee. Gotta say good morning to all of our listeners around the world. Logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Tuesday, January 24, Turned Up Tuesday. We're playing yesterday's hits and today's favorites, but more yesterday's hits. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee Intel World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday. Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. I'm leaving you tomorrow. I'll cause you no more sorrow. 
Remember, you can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on TikTok Moments with Me Media, and on Instagram Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. In the Caribbean corner, Grenada unveils a stunning new sign at the cruise ship terminal. 396 Haitian migrants detained on 50-foot boat near the Bahamas. IMF approves 105 million US dollars for Haiti. 4.3 earthquake strikes near Port of Spain. In Jamaica, Harding utterances raise more question on bold investment at SSL. And several public bodies hold accounts with SSL. Huh, interesting. Uh, we're going to have those stories and more out of Latin America. Colombia shifts strategy in drug war away from cocoa eradication. On the international scene, President Zelensky shakes up Ukraine's cabinet amid corruption allegations. And Nigeria opens game-changer billion-dollar deep seaport in Lagos. And the Thai police have seized 1.1 tons of crystal meth in less than a week. In stores out of North America, cops took... Okay, I don't know. This, this is deja vu. I'm sorry, folks, but... I'm living, I'm existing in a time warp. It seems that just keeps looping round and round. Have we not learned from what happened in Uvalde? Well, cops took five hours to warn dance hall shooter was on the run. And deja vu again. A gunman killed seven people in shootings in Half Moon Bay, California. This is the second mass shooting in the state of California in less than a week. Police say two students were killed. And here we go again. Deja vu. Just yesterday, I was very angry, very irritated. And here I go again. One man hurt in a Des Moines shooting. Uh, and there's a timeline. U.S. mass shootings since 2023. This is a shame. The U.S. Um, House GOP keeps up attacks on IRS with Bill to abolish the agency. And um, we're going to hear a clip from Ron DeSantis defending his rejection of the AP African-American Studies course. And the U.S. court gives $153 million to a Miami man who is jailed in Venezuela. In business and tech news, uh, Spotify to cut 6% of its workforce. And I found this rather interesting because wasn't it just last week we read an article about Microsoft um, cutting staff by the thousands? Well, Microsoft confirms it is investing billions of dollars in chat GPT creator OpenAI. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to humankind after a time because we're being replaced with everything under the sun. In lifestyle, it's tipping getting out of control. Many consumers say yes. In sports news, World Athletics proposes new transgender eligibility rules. And as if things aren't getting, or if, as if things aren't crazy enough with George Santos. He allegedly proposed to a teenaged boyfriend while still being married to his dead wife. You know something? We need to laugh. With all that's going on in our personal lives, work lives, 
and on the current event scene we do need to laugh so thank you for making yourself the butt of the joke uh george santos in the brew which is entertainment news girls trip 2 is happening full cast will reunite for an adventure in ghana we're gonna have the details of these stories and more coming up after a little more music taking us down Memory Lane, it's Turned Up Tuesday here on Coffee and Toe. Here is Jordan Sparks singing Tattoo, one of my favorite songs, one of my many. Later on this evening, I should say, not tonight, later on this evening, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on QMZRadio.com, JohnORadio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. It is The Rose Solo Show. Keep it locked. So please, Shorty, 
before you walk out that door, boofy. It is five minutes before the bottom of the hour. If you have somewhere to be, please, you have five minutes to get there. Be safe, though. I give you one last chance with the devil. You can no longer tell. You got to be faithful so we could be fruitful. Build a family and follow God's destiny. So just before I run to the block, I might listen to your song. To everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. I can squeeze in one more. This one is Nevea featuring Little John. Okay. It is Turn Top Tuesday on Coffee and Toe. Thank you so much for joining us. To my listeners on Jano Radio, if you have not already done so, make sure you download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. We're going to take this one back to the Tony Rich Project. Nobody knows this one. It's been a while. It's been a good while. Remember the first time I heard this song, I thought it was Babyface. Voice sounds a lot like him. But hold on a second. The Tony Rich Project, did it include Babyface? 
The Tony Rich Project. His name is Antonio Jeffries. He is an American Grammy Award winning contemporary singer songwriter. After this one, we're going to go ahead and get started. Project ladies, his single, according to Wikipedia, if anyone is interested. Uh, born 1971, he's 51 years old. Born in Detroit, Michigan. Just a little FYI, in case anyone wants to um, go in search of him. Not sure if he's involved with anyone, though. I, I will let you know that. <laughs> his exact birthday is November 19. But yeah, his voice. Uh, reminds me of Babyface. Can't miss, you know, they're very similar. But he was signed to LaFace Records. I don't know if it's that's the reason why he propelled and had great success. Yeah. Mm. And it seems as though he is still with LaFace. Okay. He wasn't bad looking uh, when he was younger. I'm not sure what he looks like now, but we're going to go ahead and get into the business. Let me behave myself. It's time for us to get into the Caribbean corner. My clubhouse crew, thank you so much for being here with me and making it possible for us to have the conversation. We're starting off in Grenada. 
Grenada unveils stunning new sign at cruise ship terminal. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The Grenada Tourism Authority, GTA, has unveiled a new Grenada sign that represents the unique selling points of Grenada. Carry a cow, and I hope I said that right, and Petite Martinique in the Melville Street cruise ship terminal. So the sign looks very similar to what the Negril sign in Jamaica. The only thing is, of course, they uh, on this one, they have um, turtles, um, nutmeg, which is, you know, Grenada is popular, well-known for its, um, what you call it, nutmeg. They have dolphins, bamboo leaves on it. Looks very nice, I will say that. The striking new sign located at the entrance of the Welcome Center welcomes visitors to Grenada with a bold and colorful display of the island's name in large letters. The sign is a true reflection of the beauty and culture of Grenada. The letters were crafted to feature intricate depictions of the island to develop to deliver a compelling peek at what can be experienced in Grenada. Uh, the new sign is the first of five new signs that will be placed in public locations all around Grenada, helping to promote and brand Grenada as a premier tourist destination. Highlighting the di- diverse array of attractions, including picturesque beaches, lush rainforests and historic sites serves as a call to action for visitors to indulge in a variety of activities where they can venture through a lush tropical rainforest with exotic flora and fauna sail along stunning coastlines or dive beneath sparkling turquoise waves to discover intriguing shipwrecks and marine life you know what i'm not advertising grenada why <laughs> i don't know why i'm using that <laughs> But anyway, you know what? Big up Grenada. You can do this all while indulging in our award-winning organic chocolate and rum, savoring the spices infused throughout our cuisine, and experiencing the rhythm of our culture. The tourism officials at the GTA are confident that the new sign will serve as a powerful symbol and a perfect representation of Grenada's unique selling points, and will inspire more visitors to explore every facet of the Tri-Island State. All right. It is a beautiful sign, I will say. <laughs> You're sold on a vacation now, Otto. <laughs> Let's go. The sign, uh, red, green, and gold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they have lighting provided by solar panels that may get stolen. <laughs> Like the Negril sign in Jamaica. I don't know. Oh boy, let me behave myself. But it is nice. I liked I like the twist that they put on it with adding the various um pictures. Well, painting, if you want to say that. All right. Hop on over to Haiti next story, courtesy of the Associated Press via WSVN.com. Uh 396 Haitian migrants detained on 50-foot boat near Bahamas. The U.S. Coast Guard has detained a boat carrying 396 Haitian migrants near the Bahamas in one of the biggest human smuggling incidents in the region, Bahamian officials have said. The migrants were detained close to the far-flung Quay-Sal Island between, uh, I should say, Key-Sal Island, sorry, between Florida and Cuba 
Immigration officials in the Bahamas made the statement on Sunday. They said the migrants will be processed on the Bahamian island of Inagua and later repatriated. Nicole Grohl, a U.S. Coast Guard spokeswoman, told the Associated Press on Monday that the interdiction happened Saturday afternoon and involved a 50-foot boat. Now, how on earth do you get 396 people to hold on a 50-foot boat? That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Thankfully, um, everyone is okay, but... She said it was grossly overloaded, of course, and very much unsafe. No further details were immediately available. Thousands of Haitians are fleeing a spike in gang violence and deepening political instability in a country that currently has no democratically elected institutions. Many travel to the Bahamas and other nearby islands in hopes of eventually reaching Florida. The voyages, as we know, are often deadly, with migrants crowding into makeshift vessels that have capsized in recent months. Uh, the exodus comes as the administration of U.S. President Joe Biden recently announced that it would start turning back Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans at the Texas border who arrive illegally. The administration is now offering humanitarian parole for 30,000 people a month from those countries if they secure a financial sponsor, apply online, and pay their airfare. So, um, as with many people in the islands, many folks do have relatives in the U.S. I would implore relatives here in the U.S. to try to see how you can help, if possible, uh, with becoming a financial sponsor so that they can make their applications online and uh, pay their airfare. Because it is truly sad when you hear, you know, of people losing their lives trying to make the journey to Haiti. They, I'm sorry, from Haiti to the U.S., they did say there's a humanitarian parole for 30,000 uh, if people do it the legal way. So let us see how um, family members there can be helped so they no longer have to risk their lives. But yesterday there was an article that um, Ariel Henry, and we highlighted it. Ariel Henry said um, he was going to be providing, what, 40-some thousands of jobs within uh, what you call it 45 40 to 45 days i remember that story yesterday was what the 23rd yeah uh we spoke about that and i'm like okay we're watching and we want to know how he's gonna do it um i'm trying to look for the article my apologies yeah yeah, Ariel Henry promises the creation of 96,500 jobs in 40 to 45 days. Yeah, that we, we spoke about that yesterday. Uh, clearly, people are not feeling confident as they're still willing to risk it all to leave. What does he plan to do about the gang violence that is causing people to leave in droves? not caring if they're going to be intercepted. They're willing to take a chance. What 
is his plan to address the gang violence. Because you can provide 96,500 opportunities, but are people going to be feeling safe to go out and take advantage of those opportunities? What are gang members hearing? What are they understanding? I don't know. Are they prepared to stop what's going on and try something different? Have they had a meeting of the minds to hear what it is exactly these um, gang leaders want? And people are going to say, well, you don't want to meet with gangs because then that's going to look as though you're bowing down to them. No, but at some point there has to be mediation. All right, who's going to be the liaison then? If you don't want them meeting, who is going to be the go-between? Who is going to serve as a liaison officer to take concerns back and forth and be able to strike some amicable arrangement so that the 96,500 jobs can be taken advantage of? The sectors, we don't know. Um, that was not made clear in the article yesterday. I don't know. But this is truly disheartening. And to know that they're all going to be repatriated. I wonder how much they paid the smugglers. I wonder how much they paid them per person. Yeah. We're still in Haiti for our next story. The IMF approves U.S. $105 million for Haiti. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The International Monetary Fund, IMF, has approved U.S. $105 million for Haiti under the food shock window of the Rapid Credit Facility to help the French-speaking Caribbean community, CARICOM country, address urgent balance of payment needs related to the, food, the global food crisis. The Washington-based financial institution said Haiti has been hit hard by the global food price shock. Record price inflation has worsened Haiti's fragility given the high pass-through from global to domestic food prices and shortages in food supplies. It said with more than half the population already below the poverty line, Haiti faces a dire humanitarian crisis with an expected financing gap in this financial year of at least U.S. $105 million, or 0.5% of its gross domestic product. Assuming import compression and pending additional external financing from development partners. The IMF said that this shock compounds the hardships of an already highly fragile country, also suffering a public health emergency, cholera, and serious security risks. Okay. Um, how is the money going to be disbursed? Is it going to actually be used the way it is intended? So we do have questions because um, there have been concerns from the citizens of Haiti when it comes to corruption. Greed is usually at the base, base of corruption when it comes to their leaders. So hopefully that it will be used in accordance with the agreement. Earthquakes have been rocking the uh, Eastern Caribbean lately. 4.3 earthquake strikes near Port of Spain. Story courtesy of tt.loopnews.com. 
the University of the West Indies Seismic Research Center, has recorded a 4.3 earthquake near the capital. Details are as follows. Uh, H25 AM on the 23rd, uh, magnitude 4.3, and uh, nearby cities that felt it, Port of Spain, Arimo, Scarborough. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Is the earth getting ready to do a big shift? I don't know why I feel that way because last week there were quite a few. Um, who who was it that experienced five within five hours? I can't remember, but yeah, we've been hearing about earthquakes quite a bit. It was it was Haiti. It was Haiti. Thank you, yeah. Rosolo. Yeah, and then Trinidad. Um, several days later, had like two within a few hours. So. This is not the first for Trinidad with the multiple hurricanes, um, multiple earthquake earthquakes at one time. Good morning, everyone. Sorry morning, about that. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, Rosolo. Yeah, I don't know. I think a big one is coming. Where is it gonna hit? I don't know, but um, that's all I can say. I hope the um structures in the EC are built with uh, flexible steel, meaning the buildings can sway. I hope. I really hope so. Um, yeah. So now it's time for us to go to Jamaica, the hot spot <laughs> where things are gone. That's where it's happening. You know, yeah. Uh, let me pull up the sound bite for this one. Hopefully I can find it. <laughs> but yeah, Jamaica, um, I don't know if we're going to anytime soon see a calm in the, you know, what's going Sometimes on in the financial sector. Sometimes plans have accounts that are set up not in their name. My understanding that the account at SSM is not in your Facebook's name. Can, can you speak up a little bit, Mr. Harding? I have a little difficulty hearing you. Can you hear me okay? Yes. I'm saying... Sometimes clients have accounts at institutions that are not in their personal name. There's no personal account set up in Usain Bolt's name at SSL. There, was, there wasn't any when I was there. Um, my understanding is that it was set up in a LLC, a limited liability company's name. And so it would only have been associated with him if somebody within the organization had knowledge that he was a, a shareholder of that company, of which that was definitely never shared when I was there. That's part one. And Part two is, mm -hmm, go ahead. in order for an account to show up, it would have to have a significant amount of funds in that account at the time. There are 9,000 accounts, from 9,000 accounts at SSL. So in order for an account to show up, it would have to have a significant amount of funds. And there was no such account with the level of funds that had been mentioned now that was at SSL while I was there. <laughs> shouldn't be laughing but you have to take bad things make joke so there was an llc and, and tell me if i heard correctly because i was doing something else but tell me if i heard correctly there was an llc of which he is a shareholder wouldn't you still know that he has some connection with the llc because don't you have to know who the members are or is, or did I miss something? If it's an LLC, no, you don't. Um, your LLC just acts as a person, so um, you wouldn't necessarily know. Okay, Dre. So I'm going back to my experience in corporate banking. Um, when companies, because when companies set up accounts, you have to have a list of people 
who are authorized to make transactions using the account and you have to have their signatures so you know if um <laughs> rosolo javette james otada dre fabian we all are on the account our signatures are there and any two of us are able to instruct the financial institution to um either disburse funds whatever so no sorry dre i gotta put i gotta <laughs> rebut that one from and unless the the laws have changed but as far as banking is concerned but how do we know that he is he was one of the managing members um to make transaction you know them you know some people like they have their team take care of stuff for them so that's what i'm wondering because if it, it haven't come to like with the llc the wh whosoever like um is on the llc would 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 definitely be one of the managing members to make the transaction but was he one we, we don't know that so that is now we finding out it was a llc because i thought it was just i thought it was a personal account that's what i thought too uh so but here's the thing it's so funny because just when was it two weeks ago we had to go to the bank for them to the bank here for them to update um records it's an llc but you have to have the names there so i don't understand how can they know if it's an llc you know who the people then be in a matter you know who is on the account who is authorized now if an LLC was there, okay, go ahead, go right ahead. Sorry, good morning. Uh, I don't know exactly how it works in the Caribbean, but over here, you, an article of incorporation, whenever you go to sign up um, an account with a bank, you have to give them the articles of incorporation, which usually list everybody that's involved as a managing member or um, has anything to do with that LLC unless it is like a Delaware corporation where you only have to list um, the managing person or the person that's authorized to sign and that's it uh uh from my experience it's the same thing it's the same thing so then they would know who is actually exactly involved. and i'm speaking from personal experience not just working in corporate banking but being also an account holder it's the same thing nothing has changed so this 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 behooves me i i don't get this but my question is <laughs> did he make the deposit himself clearly no so who was handling the transaction so i don't think it's just the ssl i think people in his camp are somehow involved in, I, I i don't know call me what you want to call me but that's how I feel. Didn't he fire some people in his camp the other day? Oh, he did. Uh, a, no, I'm asking. I don't know. I saw I saw a story, but I just didn't I didn't get the chance to read it about firing like a manager or something like that. But I never yeah. got got around to it. Hmm. So I just asked. Yeah, I read something like that to a business, business manager or somebody like that. So I don't know if it, I'm I'm you know uh, see if it's true, but I heard something like that. All right, you know some Yeah, I saw I saw I saw an article. 
the same thing. I saw it, but I I was just so busy at the time. I never get around to read it. Listen, man, you use it, lose your little work in a dream. <laughs> You know, you didn't get around to read it. I'm just messing with you. Um, okay, so let me type into Google. Did Usain Bolt fire uh, his business manager? Let me see. Isn't his business manager someone who is somebody in his camp from way back when? Long time friend? Yeah. Morning, everyone. Yeah, Good morning, that... James. Yeah, his business manager is like they've, it's like they've known each other from like a childhood, so... I saw something like that too, but I didn't, I didn't follow it up also. Okay, so here it is. I got it for you. I found it. Dumpster diving, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, Bolt Sachs business manager of 20 years. This article came out January 15, 2023, and it is courtesy of RadioJamaicanewsOnline.com. Highly placed sources are indicating that Usain Bolt has sacked his longtime business manager, Norman Peart. When contacted on Sunday afternoon, Parrot, who was with Bolt since he broke onto the scene as a teenager in 2002, told Radio Jamaica Sports that he, and the, oh, Dre, your mic is open, that he and the eight-time Olympic gold medalist had parted company amicably in late 2022. Neither World 100-meter and 200-meter record holder Bolt nor his executive manager Nugent Walker could be reached for comment on the matter so yes he did fire the person the person has been was with him from 2002 to 2022 hmm. that's a long time that's a long relationship it is it is so of course you know I'm digging a little deeper, right? Yeah, and they're, <laughs> or dumps and the dive in. <laughs> I'm deep. Yeah, something is off, and I'm I, I'm gonna say and forgive me if I'm wrong. I have no problem, um, you know, <laughs> retracting if I'm wrong, but I think he needs to check his camp. I think he needs to check his camp because something. All right. It looked like he fall in one of those situations, you know, when you know people have a lot of money, they they leave everything up to everybody else. Mm. Uh, yeah, because the, the whole LLC thing, and it, it, as you say, it, it, it's kind of impossible for them not to know that he was a part of it unless the LLC started without his name or something. Um, it just looked like man just too busy or something to check him on accounting and, and have, just have people just handling things for him. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you have that level of money, it happens. People go to jail for that <laughs> all the time. And they tell you, oh, well, the accountant was just doing it. I don't know anything, you know. So I, I'm wondering if it's something like that reach him. And moments, you remember the, since uh, was it last week we were talking about the asset to to um intake ratio? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So appa apparently, like all of those stuff were post like when they when they started some investigation, 2013, 2014. Yeah, because I, I was watching something with a financial advisor that was saying like all of those information. Um, like anybody that's in the Jamaica financial um, sector, anybody who 
is big in investment would have would have got that report that <laughs> like the 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 money it, it they were running almost like a Ponzi scheme. They were taking in money, but like they didn't they didn't have enough assets or they didn't have enough investments going on. So like they're they're taking from investors to to pay out other people. So yeah, like I'm surprised. Like that's why, yeah, I guess that's why we'd have to fire the business because like the business manager would have, should have been on top of everything. And I don't know. It 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 it's just crazy. But I think this thing is gonna be like a soap opera for for the rest of this year because I can see like like top people going down. You know, because mm -hmm. if if the FBI really get involved, then it's not gonna be nice. Ah <laughs> oh, boy. Um. You know, it is interesting. Now, I, I'm going to take what Harding says. If he wasn't aware, it means no money was ever deposited there for, for Bolt, whether under SSL, I mean, whether under an LLC or personal, no money was ever deposited. And if money was deposited, he was not included because 10 million US dollars, in my opinion, is it true, me, Brock? That sounds like holy per money to me. Right? That sounds like a whole heap of money to me. So you have to know. And when you talk about, if you're running an investment company, you know every investor because you have to do re reviews of reports. Whether you know whether it's a printout that is given to you, have weekly meetings. Because these meetings, you review your clients, you review their portfolios, and see how you can um, turn their money to make them money and yourself money. So I kind of find it weird. I don't know. Moments. Yeah, uh, yeah, Fabian. I'm sorry. No, uh, man, go ahead. Have a CEO, I don't need to call him name, but suppose the CEO that was there during the time that Bolt had his account there claims he did not even know that Bolt had an account. So how do you come out and say something like that and expect to be a good representation of what you do? How do you not know perhaps, not perhaps one of your biggest client and definitely your biggest client maybe on the island? That is just... Why him come out and say something like that? Either way, it looks bad. It looks bad, Fabian, but it's more than one of these executives who are saying this. So, which leads me back to what I'm saying. Where, who handled his money and what did they do with it? Because if his name never popped up as a, an owner on an LLC, that means then his name was never in the institution. His money may be there, but not his name. So who taking money? Boy, sometimes I have to tear off the bandage, you know. I know as bad as it looks right now. <laughs> I think in the long run, it's going to be a good thing for us. I know right now it, it looks very bad globally, but I hope them can get to the bottom of this. And whoever need for peer, them need for peer, and uh, we can move on from this. Yeah. So that's the, that's the hope. Liquidate one need for liquidate. Turn it back into cash so people can get their money. You know what I thought this morning, two moments? I think that in some ways, 
like if this is something has something to do with like someone close to him and you know the the um some top person at the bank he's actually lucky to be alive cuz like that's the, the way how people are being like killed in Jamaica right now okay imagine like them them taking 12 million dollars and saying like okay eventually he's going to find out one day so that mean to me like if it turns out that his his investment manager have something to do with it is some is someone that was very close to him mm-hmm. someone that they were in Brazil together um when when the the the, the Olympics when the the, the whole scandal thing you know, any picture you see like with you know them going on private jet someone that's very close to him so yeah like he's lucky to be alive if if it turns out that these people took the money and because if eventually you'd have to think that he's going to find out one day mm-hmm. so you know they could be thinking that okay we take it now we'll get rid of him one day or whatever so yeah he's got he's got to change his circle he's got to do something some house cleaning you know ah mm. oh, boy we, we can expect a movie pretty soon <laughs> Or a docudrama on it. Am I right? I absolutely agree. Okay. It is. Yeah, this is interesting. I must say. Trust uh, has a balance of $238,855,480. The National Insurance Fund has a balance of $8,400,730. The Jamaica Agricultural Society has a balance of $8,958,646. And the Jamaica Banana Industry Catastrophe Fund has a balance of $98,285. Uh, so the clip you just heard and the one prior, uh, they were courtesy of or are courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. The the last one, several public bodies hold accounts with SSL. And investi- as investigations continue into the alleged fraudulent activities at Stocks and Securities Limited, SSL, Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark revealed that several public bodies are currently account holders at the investment firm. However, Dr. Clark advised that the sum provided was given to him by the temporary manager installed at SSL, Kenneth Tomlinson. And, uh, um, oh boy, I don't know. I really don't know. Then you have SSL investigators are seeking to get assistance in the SSL probe and they're trying to tap the FBI to help. Embarrassing. Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark says the 13-year-long fraud has tarnished the country's reputation. The coverage of this fraud in every major media outlet across the globe is a source of great embarrassment to Jamaicans here and in the diaspora. I feel the full range of emotions, anger, disgust, hurt, and like Many Jamaicans, I am deeply pained by these events. This is a body blow to Jamaica and has the unfortunate impact of tarnishing Jamaica's global reputation. The fraud which was unearthed earlier this month has rocked the financial sector. Over 40 people identified, including legendary Olympian Usain Bolt, have lost a combined total of 2 billion Jamaican dollars so far. This sum is expected to continue rising. With external auditors, regulators, managers, bankers, and later internal auditors, how did this fraud go undetected for 13 years? I put it to you that that is the central question. 
and it is a question that our government will ensure is answered. Minister Clark says international law enforcement and other forensic experts will be moving to assist their local counterparts in untangling the mess. Having spoken with some of those leading the investigation, I can say that they are resolute and determined to unravel its complexities and bring all responsible to justice. In fact, based on the magnitude of this fraud and the lines of inquiry being pursued, the Financial Investigations Division and the Fraud Squad have already, last week, sought assistance from the Federal Bureau of Investigations, the FBI, and other international partners. The Finance Minister noted the SSL matter as another in a long line of financial crimes, which he believes have gone inadequately punished. This, he says, will change going forward. Jamaica has successive, successively failed to successfully arrest and prosecute persons who were allegedly criminally responsible during the FinSAC era. Neither those criminally responsible for Cash Plus, Olint, Worldwide, and other such schemes. We will stiffen the penalties for white-collar crime in the financial sector. The discrepancy between the sanctions for white-collar crime and other forms of crime must be erased. If you rob depositors or you defraud investors, our society, and you put our financial system and our way of life at risk, the Jamaican society wants you put away for a long time. A long, long time. Siobhan Campbell for Nationwide News. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Kevrock. You know, as um, the minister was speaking, I was saying, boy... What a woolly hypocrisy. And I was saying <laughs> to my head, why can't we stiffen the penalties and let's start with some of the politicians <laughs> from some of the fraud that he named going all the way back to FinSAC. Anyway, mm. <laughs> I hope we can all have a good day. I hope so too. I hope so too. Isn't this the same minister that is in charge? of overseeing the finances of Jamaica. <laughs> well, there has been not been submitting reports to the Auditor General for the last 10 years. 10 years! <laughs> if there is fraud going on in government for the last 10 years, do you tell me he will be able to detect it? Oh, Jesus! Say it again, because I have to laugh. As Kev Rocky was speaking, he was as though he's in my head, and here you go saying that. Yeah. Come on, Jamaica. Come on. Really? <laughs> oh, the love talk. No, look, but them some mouth cut crossway fake chat, right? <laughs> but, but, but moments, you, you, you know, one of the things that, that's coming out to why the, the government, because remember like last week I'm, I was saying like, where's the finance minister? Where's the prime minister? So apparently now, like, um, the um, thing is getting, like, other international, like, apart from the FBI, um, the international, apparently the International Monetary Fund, because they just approved a $80 million um, IMF um, funding for Jamaica. And apparently, like, this could, um, you know, put, like, a type of red flag on, on that. And that's going to cost cost the government if 
this thing is not taken care of, like if they don't get to the bottom of it, like it's going to affect the IMF deal. So that's why you see them running out like crazy chickens mm -hmm. because, you know, like the IMF giving them, you know, approving that much amount of money into a system that, you know, the world is watching now and saying like, what kind of patty shop thing this like, you know, how can so much money go missing without nobody knowing? So I think that's why, you know, that's why they're running up and down now trying to fix it because it's going to affect them eventually with the IMF. <laughs> so I pulled up an article, the SSL scandal raises ghosts of 1990s for FinSAC victims. Uh, courtesy of JamaicaGlina.com, when Yola Gray Baker learned of the financial scandal unfolding at SSL, where some 40 clients were reportedly defrauded of billions of dollars, she felt the same sick feeling of the 1990s financial saga in which her husband's $10 million loan ballooned more than 100 times. Today, in 2023, he still owes $85 million. Gray Baker said their lives were shattered in 1994 after her husband, Milton, a successful building contractor at the time, borrowed $10 million at 35% interest to do two contracts, using his house along with two other properties as collateral. One client was unable to pay, while the other refused to pay for a job despite a court ruling. As a result, the Bakers lost four properties. Gray Baker said although the loan was serviced and up-to-date, it was turned over to the financial sector adjustment company FinSAC and was one of 24,000 loan accounts sold to overseas debt collector Dennis Jocelyn, founder of Jamaica Redevelopment Foundation, Inc. The Bakers repaid close to $52 million and have lost all their tangible assets including their Grosvenor Terrace St. Andrew home and are still indebted to the JRF. People lost their money, properties, lives and livelihood to the financial meltdown in the 1990s and there were more than 40,000 victims. My family was one, she told the Sunday Gleano. Now, in 2023, people again lost to unscrupulous financial practices by the very people who were to protect them. So many things were put in place after the lessons of FinSAC and still this happens. The FSC is the watchdog. It came into being in 2001 to prevent this. What was it doing? Jamaica is not a real country. Gray Baker, who is the president of the Association of FinSAC Entrepreneurs, said she personally knows of persons who committed suicide as the burden of the losses hit them. She said there were others who died of heart attack, while the mental health of others was also affected. Many are still fighting today for their properties, while some have lost confidence in Jamaica's financial sector. She's also peeved that the report from the FinSAC Commission of Inquiry, set up in 2008 to probe what went wrong in the 1990s financial crisis, is still outstanding. Hold on there. What year are we in? 2023? And an inquiry was set up in 2008. And <laughs> the... <laughs> Shabia, that's a real place to blow skirt. Are we serious? Nearly $200 million spent to produce a report which nobody has? Ma that makes sense. <laughs> we have...
have been promised this report at intervals and I'm convinced that we will not see a sheet of paper of it today and nobody is going to prison. Only the depositors will suffer, she stated. Leading up to the 2007 general election, Finance Minister Audishaw promised an inquiry into the ordeal. It began late in the term of Bruce Golding administration of 2007 and crossed over into the 2011 to 2016 administration of Portia Simpson Miller. Dr. Peter Phillips, as finance minister, said he did not receive a report from the FinSAC inquiry, and the government was not prepared to pay any more money towards its completion. The 2016 Andrew Holness administration allocated more funds for its completion, but to date, it is still outstanding. Valerie Dixon's family, who was also impacted by the financial sector debacle, has written a book detailing their experience. Her book, Too Black to Succeed, The FinSAC Experience, chronicles the obstacles the black majority faces in Jamaica. She believes that no matter how hard many have tried, there are always hurdles preventing them from achieving their best. I'm sorry that Usain Bolt and all the others are affected by this scam. But in a way, if Bolt was not affected, I don't believe that we would hear much about it. Just like how we can't get that FinSAC report. Do you know how many persons see their properties advertised for sale? Some are fighting and others refused to leave their properties for fear that people will come and take it over. She too checks regularly to see if her family's property has been put up for sale. It's about time someone pays for what they have done to us, and I agree with her. What is disturbing in this article for me is to know that you were ripped off and then the debt was sold to an overseas debt collector and you have lost and still losing. How does that make sense? Jamaica cannot be a real place. Yeah, moments. And I, and I remember that FinSAC report because like even that was huge at the time. Like What report, James? There's no report because the report not done yet. So what report do you no, remember? No, no, but, but I remember like people were, because like even Perkins used to talk about it at length, like for, for years, like because they, they were paying millions of dollars to some, someone from the U.S. to put together this thing. And people were saying like all of that money that could have been paying back um, people that lost their money, they're spending these millions of dollars trying to get some report and to hear that it wasn't completed. So how can they pay millions of dollars for, for something that, that up to, to today, like it's not completed? That I don't know. Like all of, like PMP, GLP, like I hope, like last night when I was watching some of these reports, I was just hoping that, you know, probably America government just come in and, and all these politicians that might be involved, just scoop them up and put in a new government. It's, it's ridiculous. They've been getting away with this for, for decades. <sighs> The people that allegedly owe, well, not allegedly, the people that owe this overseas debt collector, Dennis Jocelyn, founder of the Jamaica Redevelopment Foundation, the government need to pay it off and reimburse these people because they did not commit the fraud. They were swindled out of what they have and then they lose everything that they have.
why aren't they going to be reimbursed they the government did them failed them if you ask me you sell it to an overseas debt collector sound like france with them them foot and it on haiti neck you have an overseas debt collector with his foot on their necks because you sold the debt to them how was that smart how were you protecting your citizens who are suffering mentally financially and emotionally you know what it is to lose everything i will say this though think twice before you invest your money in these boutique investment firms that's all i'm gonna say and i'm sorry i have to say it because you do have people with good intentions who are abiding by the rules are seeing to it they that they are adhering to the rules and regulations doing right by their clients but unfortunately right now it seems as though we need to just stick with the thief them, the legal thief them, NCB, BNS, Victoria Mutual, and the list goes on. I mean, yeah, they still are rubbing, and I feel now we still are get joke. But, <sighs> I don't know. Sorry, I know someone opened their mic. Please go right ahead. A moment, I'm just scratching my head <laughs> since the story broke that um just given their checkered past that uh, bolt obviously a brilliant guy just would i don't know man it's just it don't make no sense to me um i don't know you know you can have people around you advise you but at the end of the day i fear responsibility for take care of your business Facts. you know so just the mere fact that i read that them they've changed the name a couple of times and there's been allegations and this and that and uh i don't this, this don't make no sense to me this don't make no sense to me <laughs> none whatsoever the government I, of jamaica will oh, therefore sorry go ahead javette was it Javette? no i was just going to respond to fabian because i did i say that last week or the week before mm-hmm you know, some people feel that just because they hire someone to do the job, they can step away. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have experience to know one plus one equal two and take your paperwork and look over it and ask questions. Sometimes you can tell somebody's lying just by the way they explain something back to you. So you don't need to have all the knowledge pay attention to the paperwork and the numbers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. real paperwork not this pdf stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh, pdf can be adjusted i do it all the time Javette, for work let me ask you a question Javette. how often do you have to go to a meeting to go over numbers <sighs> every day it seems like okay every single day okay and we still had something happen in our company from an email scandal and that's because the manager did not follow the rules very but the nice. manager is no longer here very, but yet very nice i give you a joke there is someone <laughs> there is someone she opened an account and 
uh, she had her son's name on the account. Son is a minor. And, you know, she built up her account and thing and thing. But because, and this is in Jamaica, in Kingston, <laughs> their husband, who is also um, an account holder, and, you know, I guess they've been doing business with this particular financial institution for a long time. Uh, the bank sends out a statement and it goes to his office and he sees this and he opens it and he's like, ah, my wife has money. <laughs> so he needs the money to, you know, he needs the money to invest in some real estate development and he calls the bank. He doesn't even have to go into the bank. He calls the bank. And the bank cut a check. His name is not on the account. So this is the lax behavior that happens in financial sector in Jamaica. And this is from years ago. They cut a check and give to her husband via courier or bearer. Them not call her, nothing. But that has nothing to do with her. The bank give him whatever money the bank gave him. She still has some money there. <laughs> the bank, I don't, I don't understand. So whatever the bank give him the check, give him a check. So when she go there, the bank has to honor whatever fund she has there. They can't tell her no nonsense. This is the foolishness that happens in the financial sector. But yet, when people who bust them behind and work hard and want to open one little account. Oh, no, give them hell. The, the banks give her no hell because BOJ, I give them hell. So BOJ only have strength for certain people, but not have it for other people. And it speaks to who you know in Jamaica, you know. That's what it really speaks to, to, to me, is that uh, rules and regulations get set aside, is who you know and who you can call up and say, hey, brother, uh, this are my wife. Soft information, but uh, come and know you, auntie. You can you can send me a check. Just come come send me a check. That's how we do business sometimes, yeah. don't it? Yes, Fabian. So when we talk about calling in the FBI, let them come in, come clean from top to bottom. Don't just let them focus on SSL and the FSC. Them need to go from top to bottom. In the financial sector these stringent rules that y'all put in place to suppress some people you have the little man who are pushing hand care to sell him things or him out a dance at night time and make a sell him jerk chicken and thing i want to give him a hard time when get the cash from the man selling you can't go see him out there every thursday night he must sell in the pan chicken and he making money and he having cash. And a game hell. He need to go get um, JP for sign off. And this, that, that, the other. Bring your blood type. Bring your urine type. Bring your diet. We need an analysis. But yet. But yet. We have this corruption happening at the top level. And it's okay. The FBI can go overseas. You talk about American FBI? Yeah, it's the American FBI that they're calling in. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I missed that part. Sorry. Mm -hmm. 
you know what I'm wondering? Like, how does like the international? Because some of these international banks that operate in Jamaica and they have one set of rules like in their um, country where the, the financial sector is more, um, you know, secure or 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 kind of foolproof in 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 some sense. How do they feel operating? Like, is that you know, is that an advantage for them or or do they? You'd have to think that because in a lot of cases, like people say stuff advisors to 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 um industries in jamaica have, have been saying things for years in across sectors but the government refused to change a lot of these stuff so you, you wonder like if you know like i know like cibc scotia bank some of those banks who operate overseas ter territory and stuff like that um you would have to think that you know advisors would have said something to, to to the governments over the years like okay you guys need to tighten up this because like just the fact that they they are, they are taking in like i don't remember the percentage i think it was about i i saw the spreadsheet and i think it was about 35 percent in terms of their the the assets or anything that like if they decide to to liquidate um whatever the the, the holdings that they have and and the government take it over and, and take back money you know, investment that was like loans and stuff like that that was given out, they would only be able to recover like about 35% of both, just bolts money, not even the other investors. So you wonder how a bank or investment company is able to operate like that. If they have like how much hundreds or thousands of investors and if they the government step in and take over the bank right now, take over the, the firm right now, and try to get back in all of these money to give um, investors. They can't even repay Bolter loan, much as the other investors. That is crazy. <laughs> oh, boy. ...a unification of prudential supervision and regulation. The prudential supervision and regulation of deposit-taking financial institutions, commercial banks, which, which are commercial banks, billing societies, merchant banks, credit unions, which are currently supervised by the BOJ, and non-bank financial institutions, which are security dealers, insurance companies, and pension funds, will be consolidated into one institution, the Bank of Jamaica. This regulatory model which we will pursue which is known as a, a Twin Peaks regulatory model, will have the prudential mandate of the FSC with respect to the non-deposit-taking financial institutions to have that mandate fully taken over by the BOJ. And the new FSC would become a highly visible market conduct and consumer protection supervision, not for a part of the financial sector, but for the entire financial sector. Deposit-taking institutions, banks, billing societies, etc., non-bank financial institutions, Cambia's remittance agencies. We will need, as I mentioned earlier, technical advice and time to consult with industry participants on the details. But we fully expect to be in a position to implement a unified financial sector regulator and a separate market conduct consumer protection regulator for the financial sector in the next 18 to 24 months.
Now, even with an upgrading of the regulatory structure to reflect Jamaica's industry, Jamaica needs to continuously and sustainably strengthen and renew its regulatory and supervisory capacity. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. But I'm here listening to Dr. Nigel Clark, who is the finance minister, speaking. And all I can think about, I'm so sorry, folks, but all I can think about is the 10 years of the various government entities that were not audited by the Auditor General. And Dr. Nigel Clark, I would like to ask you, why was that not done? Who, oh, I'm sorry, your finance, your ministry um, was at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> Since 2019, I still remember. <laughs> Man, go sit down. Moments. You know, I'm thinking here, they're bringing in the FBI to investigate. And uh, my biggest fear is um, not everybody want them business out of the street. Mm -hmm. uh, these investors, these millions or billions of dollars at hand, mm -hmm. and uh they cannot be pleased. Uh, yes, they want to secure the money, but at the same time, I don't know if everybody wants somebody in any business like that. Mm -hmm. It's just something to think about. You know, it's going to um, open a can of worms. I, I, I see what you're saying, Fabian. But it is what it is. Let the chips fall where they may. Because right now, um, it's about cleaning, disinfecting, Getting rid of all the toxins. I don't know if Clorox bleeds strong enough. But right now, um, they can try their very best to keep people's names as private as possible. But the truth is, when, once the FBI comes in, you know, <laughs> um, if any of these investors... <laughs> Hey, I said I gotta get pretty. If any of these investors in SSL do <laughs> um, maintain green cards or have citizenship and they have not been paying taxes overseas, well, here goes another can of worms. <laughs> hey, but I saw you go. Moments, I have a, a, a point to make. Yes, go right We're, ahead, Donald. I can understand that you're using the FBI because that brings credibility to the case. And that sort of bring the assurance to the public that, okay, if an investigation is done, it will be done thorough and, you know, you could restore some confidence in the system. But the question that even um, Javed alluded to earlier, does the FBI have jurisdiction in Jamaica? On what capacity are the um, FBI serving in those investigations? How it is arranged? And who has the final say, etc.? So I wouldn't get too excited about the FBI's coming in because we don't know what capacity they're yeah. coming into. The FBI could come in in an advisory capacity. They could make a recommendation that can be ignored. Mm -hmm. So I am not sure. But, but Donald, don't you have to review everything to be in an advisory capacity? Yes, they can review. They can't they piecemeal it. No, they could review it and, ma and make recommendations. There are okay. ministries where we have civil servants, does a very good job, does all the reports, give it to the minister, and he ignores it. What can the civil servant do? Well, you want everybody in your business? You want the FBI in your business? I'm just saying. 
<laughs> no, not everybody you, want FBN and them business bridges. Yeah, That's but all if you, I understand what you're saying, but if you're calling in somebody to investigate and you give them a mandate to investigate or do a tour investigation, they can't limit the investigation. And if there are, if there are red flags, because with investigations, as red flags arises, you follow the trail. You don't know where it will lead you, but you follow the trail. You can't come halfway through the investigation and say, ah, you know what? That's enough. I know this person, this person don't want you in it, whatever. If there is a thorough investigation, the investigation and the evidence would lead where it may. Mm -hmm. I, so see, I, I see what you're saying, Donald, because at this point, Donald, we don't know who to trust in Jamaica. Honestly, because this has been going on. The ball has been dropped so many times. Last week, there were reports that... Um, Red flags were raised as far as SSL is concerned over a period of time. And those red, the concerns went ignored. So who can you trust when you think about a government led and the Ministry of Finance led by Dr. Nigel Clark responsible for seeing to it that the Auditor General reviews the financial handling of other ministries. Nothing happened for 10 years. So how are we going to trust the people there to say, yes, they're going to do a thorough job that they're going to reach into every nook and cranny? We can't at this point. So unfortunately, we're going to have to come in like when a woman got to the gynecologist and put the legs up in the stirrups and have them do what they have to do. Sorry. I'm saying that's what I think. They're using the FBI to bring credibility to whatever yeah. result they would give to the public. Yeah. However... I am not too optimistic as yet because you do not know what capacity the FBI would be in and whether or not the FBI has any kind of jurisdiction. So I pulled up, I went to the FBI.gov and um, international offices. Uh, for more than eight decades, the FBI has stationed special agents and other personnel overseas. We help protect Americans back home by building relationships with principal law enforcement, intelligence, and security services around the globe. Now, at a time when virtually all major FBI investigations have a significant international nexus, these partnerships have never been more crucial. Our legal attache offices, commonly known as legats and sub-offices, are located in key cities around the globe and provide coverage for more than 180 countries, territories, and islands. About 250 special agents and support personnel are stationed in FBI legats worldwide. Um, international operations. Our legal attache program is managed by the International Operations Division at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. Through the illegal attache, through the legal attache program and other efforts, the International Operations Division serves as a bridge to our overseas partners and a conduit for strengthening the global rule of law. It regularly works through elements of the international law enforcement community, such as Interpol and Europol and numerous working groups, task forces, forces and training initiatives. The office coordinates meetings with international leaders and keeps close and keeps in close contact with other federal agencies, foreign police and security officers in Washington, D.C. Authorities and jurisdiction. OK, let's see. A number of U.S. federal laws give the FBI authority to investigate extraterritorial criminal and terrorist activity. The FBI, however, conducts investigations abroad only when invited by the host country.
In most cases, our international partners gather evidence and make arrests on behalf of or in close cooperation with the Bureau. Each legat is established through mutual agreement with the host country and is located in the nation's U.S. Embassy or Consulate. FBI personnel abroad serve under the authority of the Department of State, Chief of Mission at U.S. Embassies, at the pleasure of ambassadors and host government uh, country governments. International liaison and information sharing are conducted in accordance with executive orders, laws, treaties, attorney general guidelines, FBI policies, and interagency agreements. So in other words, there goes your answer, Donnell. They are able to conduct investigations abroad when only when invited by the host country. So they will be able to go in because they are being invited by the government of Jamaica to come in and conduct an investigation. Yeah, moments. I, I think this, this FBI invitation has more to do with the IMF than the Jamaican people. Because remember, the IMF, you know, this, this is like a black eye on Jamaica. Um, investment... Um, you know, people on the outside looking in, wanting to invest in Jamaica. You know, right now they're like closing their checkbooks and waiting for this to, to, to unfold. The IMF, because the IMF, I think why this is important, because the IMF is not going to trust the, 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 the Jamaican government to investigate themselves because they feel like things from the inside, people could cover up stuff. So like if the FBI comes, the FBI is not going to cover up for the Jamaican government or any sector in Jamaica, they're going to come in and whatever they find, I think the IMF is going to look into that because when you when you look on, what's going to be interesting is to watch the corruption scale and, and see where Jamaica stack up in terms of most corrupt country in the world right now and when the new report comes out because like people that are looking to invest, they look at all these type of stuff and IMF, IMF has something to do with that where Jamaica end up on the, the, the most corrupt countries in the world. So I think, like, the, the FBI coming in and, and doing their findings, and if they can rectify the situation, that would help Jamaica, in a sense, from sliding to, like, the top five or the top ten. So I feel like it's more for the outside world and not the Jamaican people, because Jamaicans already know the government is corrupt, but it's for the people on the outside looking in. They will have more confidence in the FBI going there to investigate. All right. Okay. Oh, Lord, we tired. This month has worn us out. And it just seems to be getting more and more interesting. Yeah. Let's see what comes up tomorrow. What new findings there will be. Is this a good morning? Good morning, Kalisha. Is this a government corruption issue or is it, I think, an incompetence issue on the government's part? I think it's a mixture of both, Kalisha. Okay. <laughs> I there think it's a mixture. One, one government individual who's on the FSC one, was one of the persons who got his account. Was... Say that again, Kalisha. I didn't hear you. Say that again. I said, there, I remember there was one, when I was reading her statement that she made, There was, she named one person on her thing who was identified as being a member of one of the committees responsible for oversight. Um, she took money from his account, and it was interesting to me 
because he was on this committee with oversight in I think under the JCF, but he gave her money to invest in her name for him. <laughs> Which it, it raised a concern because as a civil servant in certain positions you have to do disclosure. Yes. And I was wondering why did you give somebody six million dollars to invest on your behalf under their name? What were you hiding as an individual? Oh Lord. But I mean, I keep looking at it, but I know I, it, it, why I ask is that generally now when I hear the discussion, a lot of people are saying, oh, the government is corrupt. And I'm saying, yeah, Jamaican government is generally corrupt, but we need to separate it. Mm-hmm. It's more competent issue where the FSC failed in their job to do the right thing. But largely, this SSL is still a private company. And so we should get it clouded. You know, like even yesterday when the minister made a disclosure that there are government entities that invested in SSL and a lot of people are like alarmed and I'm saying, but that's what it, they do. Mm-hmm. They invest these monies. It's, that's normal. And they invest them in stocks at different broker brokerages across the island and countries when necessary. So that's not something to get excited about. Um, and I guess my concern would have been why they wait so long to make the disclosure. But again, they had to get the proper reporting and numbers before they could do that. But I just said that because people keep clouding it to me. You know what I mean? Yes. And I feel like when we, when, when we broad brush it and make it a government corruption issue, I feel like the people in the private entity is being given a break. And I feel like pressure needs to be applied to the people of SSL to constantly remind them that y'all are corrupt. Oh no, not even corrupt, oh no, just wicked and evil. Mm-hmm. I need to apply pressure to them, really. Right, right. All right. Thank you. Got- oh, almost real, real yeah, quick, yes, I, think, I think we need a thorough uh, press conference with, with uh, Dr. Clark uh, where there can be questions posed to him, not just uh, read these statements. And here's why. Mm-hmm. We need to find out uh, who is on this oversight committee and what exactly does that entail? What teeth does it have? What is the accountability factors and what, how that process works instead of just these blanket statements that are being issued, it seems, every day? Um, and also, if they're unable to pay back these investors, what is the recourse? Because we know one thing in life, you know, mess the people money. And oh, but that, there is no recourse. <laughs> and, for, and that's a sad thing for bold. Yep, I the said problem, it, Kalisha. They don't have the money. And what will happen, mm. he will sue and they will get tied up in court for another 20 years because this right. is a huge matter that is going to shift the legal landscape of Jamaica and possibly the Caribbean. Because so they, they have no insurance, nothing? They're, they're not required to have an no, insurance? No, based on what the minister said yesterday, uh-huh. his information that was fed to him, which he says he has not yet um, confirmed, if it is true or so, is that they have insurance for a million US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Therein lies a big problem, too. Yeah. So this is a huge, huge, like, I don't know if even Jamaicans understand the scale of this matter. It's huge. Um, I found in an article yesterday, I, I, I saw that apparently the, the family, the Crossgrays, mm-hmm. another member of another investor who did flee, uh, allegedly fleeced money from their account, uh, had had, had uh, them seize their properties. 
because apparently they have a multi-million dollar um, rental property in St. Anne and that was seized and who the cross craze okay the cross craze and then apparently the dad Hugh his house in Norbrook he said to vacate the home in March so there were proceedings against them long time hmm which to me, when, when I heard about what happened, this was the first question I asked. I mean, anybody in Jamaica know SSL is not the place to put your money. They have been problematic for years. They have been known to be problematic for years. And, and that's where I say that possibly there can be some suit against the government for negligence. Right. The FSC because you have this obligation you see as an oversight committee to make sure that this organization is operating within the law and there is a, there are reports that said that they fell short of this you get i guess there are time frames for them to catch up but nobody knew who was keeping up with them to make sure they fall in line only for this to happen and so there is some negligence and who going to bear that cost hmm. again <laughs> that going to go on for years yeah um it's a it's a it's a tricky situation it's a tricky situation and but again i feel like we keep shifting it to the government and i feel like the family will teeth the money keep on a slip where we have to keep the pressure on them we have to keep the spotlight on them that's oh, what it is boy. Uh, so <laughs> kalisha hold on a second james so kalisha as you were talking i pulled up the article from uh the jamaica gleaner mm -hmm. dated this morning cross Cree house casualty of debt not linked to ssl lawyer let me just read it real quick retired bakery owner george chai is dismissing reports that he has obtained a court order to seize houses belonging to uh, hugh crosscray founder of fraud hit stocks and securities ssl in a debt matter chai is a shareholder of ssl a private investment firm reeling from an alleged three billion dollar fraud his attorney, David Wonken, says there was an issue over debt, but that was resolved in September last year. George negotiated with Mr. Hugh Crosscree to settle some private debts and obligations, including the settlement of a mortgage over one of the same houses that Mr. Crosscree agreed to transfer to George in settlement of those debts, he said on Monday. He added, it had nothing to do with the accounts at SSL or anything else. Wang Ken said during the negotiations, there was no court order for the seizure of properties belonging to Crosscree. I don't know where that is coming from, he said. The mortgage matter stretched back to at least 2014. The lawyer declined to say what led to the debt matter. At the same time, he denied claims that it was linked to monies Chai purportedly loaned Crosscree to help SSL address its financial problems. Crosscree on Monday declined to speak on the issue, including his relationship with Chai. Meanwhile, Wong Ken was not specific on whether Chai was affected by the alleged fraud that was impacted or that has impacted the investment accounts held by at least 40 SSL clients including Jamaican sports icon Usain Bolt. Crosscurry is also executive director of SSL, which is now under temporary management of the Financial Services Commission, the state regulator for securities such as bonds. He said he has not been interviewed by local law enforcement. I've had no phone call, no appointment, no meetings whatsoever. 
This he shared in a rare comment on the fraud scandal that has raised questions about the internal controls at his brokerage firm. Crosker's son, Mark, has also made his first public comments on the case that seeped into the public domain on January 12. Mark denied knowledge of the reported decade-long theft. I am not aware of any fraudulent activity at the entity during my tenure there. Consequently, the issues raised in the public domain concerning SSL have nothing to do with me, said the businessman who was CEO of SSL from May 2007 to March 2018. He said he intends to fully cooperate with investigators if approached. Contrary to reports in the media, I'm not aware of any effort by any investigator to reach me, Mark said. Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark says the leadership of SSL over the years needs to be held accountable for their stewardship. And that article is dated today. This article, the one I read was yesterday. So okay. that I some clarity as to what the one yesterday. Mm. Mm. What? We wait and see. That's where we are. Yeah. Wait and see. I find it alarming that all of these um, former CEOs and chairs are saying they never heard of this man's money. I find it. To me, it moved from just you being a thief to you being a disrespectful thief. <laughs> but that's even more offensive. Like you're playing in this man's face. But before you came in the room, Kalisha, I was saying that I have questions. And I would turn those questions to his camp because if it is that an LLC was formed and the money was deposited under an LLC, wouldn't, if he is, if his name is attached to the LLC, wouldn't it still be known that he has some affiliation with SSL? Now, if it's a case that the money was invested there, his name not attached to anything, I'm going to turn my attention to his camp. But moments, this is how I look at it. All of these people are people who rub shoulder with you saying on a personal level. Trust me, they know. <laughs> Don't be disrespectful and playing my face. Right. I understand that I put it under a company for privacy purposes, but me and you be ch clicking champagne at the end of the year. I'm sure it was in a meeting somewhere somebody convinced me or my camp to put the money there. These are not transactions where Usain was picking up money in a bag and dropping it off at the office. These are private dealings. We're talking about millions of US dollars. Mm -hmm. These are transactions where I go down at a table, at a private room, in probably in his hotel room. So to me, when they say, oh, we didn't know about his money, you're being rude. I know I have to slap to you, not for teeth in the money, but just because you're playing in this man's face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. And this, go, ahead, go ahead, James. Go ahead. And then we're going to move on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, the, reason, the reason why I'm, I'm pushing like the, the government corruption part of it, too, because it's been, it's been widely known that the governments over the years like have um played with the bank of jamaica like you know in terms of the board like putting in their own people when government shifts and you know for years um people have been saying like the bank of jamaica should be independent and shouldn't have any government people on the inside and one of the things that a lot of you know financial advisor on the on the ground are saying is that there's no way you can move one million US dollar at any one time without the, without um, some alarm going off at the Bank of Jamaica. You can't move that type of money without um, Bank of Jamaica knowing. So like it's it's going to go to to the FSC. It's going to go all the way to the Bank of Jamaica. So like twelve million dollars US cannot be moved 
around in Jamaica or out of Jamaica. They, they couldn't move because, okay, like if they're moving a million dollar US to, to America, like a lot of red flags going to go off and the American government is going to flag it. And they're going to say like, who owns this money? Signatures and stuff like that. So that's why government corruption, I think, at the end of this is going to be one of the things that's going to come out mostly. Like people are at the top, like doing stuff that they're not supposed to do. Even if it's a thousand dollars, BOJ gets a report from all the financial institutions, regardless of the amount. Every um, money, all money is leaving the country. They get a report, no matter how small, no matter how large. <laughs> all right. So interesting conversation, and it's going to continue to unfold. I don't see this dying down, not by the end of this week at all. And it seems as though it's getting more intricate and more interesting. And we're going to continue to follow up. Our next story, 87-year-old woman killed. Gunmen shot up her house, then set it ablaze. Story courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com. An 87-year-old woman died from injuries she received after her house was set ablaze by gunmen on Monday. The woman has been identified as Hyacinth White, a retiree of Tunbridge Drive in Kingston 19. Reports from the Constant Spring Police are that at about 9.50 a.m., men drove up in a motor vehicle and opened gunfire at White's house before setting it ablaze. The police and units from the York Park Fire Department were alerted to conduct cooling down operations. White's charred remains were found among the rubble. The scene was processed and the remains were removed to the morgue pending post-mortem. I have a few theories definitely have a few theories and you know my favorite one if you can't catch quack you catch him shirt somebody connected to her did something to somebody and this is retribution or my other theory is she have something she's not dead them needed from our family but those are my two theories sorry i just gotta keep it real 87 year old woman she either has some assets that people money with them one get them hand pan and she'll take too long for them. So make we help her. Wicked, 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 wicked. On the entertainment scene out of Jamaica, our next headline, courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com, sound advice. If it will just open up here for me. Bear with me one moment. Let me just do a quick refresh. Mm-hmm. I feel like okay here we go i was about to do the uh jeopardy sound um jamaican music scholar clyde mckenzie is encouraging artists to take responsibility for their own education in the entertainment business arguing that those who fail to do so must be reminded of the dire consequences that are likely to affect their livelihoods and families uh, Mackenzie said in a recent interview ahead of the Island Music Conference, IMC, which is scheduled for next month in Kingston, and I quote, I think we need to remind artists of the consequences of not paying attention to the business aspect of their careers. Point to examples of people who ignore sound advice at their peril. That is a more powerful means of getting through to individuals as opposed to exposing them more often to success stories. According to Mackenzie, Knowledge of the business side of entertainment is also important for artists to develop healthier relationships with their teams in the long term. Artists don't need to be experts on things per se. 
but they need to be aware of what's happening. Otherwise, they can be more easily duped by their handlers. There is also the case of artists not understanding the value of the contribution of those around them. Once you have knowledge and appreciation of the business, you understand the work and contribution of the people around you. The conference is the brainchild of Jamaican Grammy-winning artist Shaggy, whose real name is Orville Burrell, as well as music industry stalwarts Judith Bodley and Sharon Burke. The event, set for February 8-12 to 12 at the Courtly Auditorium, uh, Jamaica Pegasus Hotel and the Courtly Hotel and Suites in New Kingston will place global music executives who can be difficult to contact, let alone meet in person, within reach of as aspiring entertainers who are eager to make strides in the industry. Among confirmed speakers are renowned attorneys Lloyd Stanbury, Andrew Krentz and Satna Lal. YouTube's director of Black Music and Culture, Tuma Bassa, Tanya Lawson from AudioMac, Madeline Nelson from Amazon, Diego Herrera, Pandora, Loretta Gadsen of BMI, Damien Granderson and Stephen Car Carles from Warner, and Shawnee B from BBC One Extra are among some of the industry experts who will be in attendance. So let us see who is going to show up. Thank you, Shaggy spearheading this because we have had the conversation here several times that people need to get into the business side of it not just the entertaining side of it understand the business know the business and you know shaggy is bringing these people here to create an opportunity for interaction as it has been said before now, what you do with it is up to you. As I've said several times, you can lead the horse to the water, but you can't force him to drink. Organizers say there will be a full YouTube day and keynote speakers for the week are IMC Chairman Dr. Orville Shaggy Burrell, Bentley Kyle Evans, and iHeartRadio's Tom Pullman. I wish I was in Jamaica for this one. I want to see what the turnout is going to be like. I want to see what the takeaway is going to be. And I would like to see, um, I hope data is collected um, so that we can see who benefits and what they do with it. Yeah. All right. And that wraps up uh, news out of the Caribbean corner. Not sure if anybody wants to say anything before I move on. Three, two, one. Okay. <laughs> Did someone open their mic? Okay, James, go right ahead. Yeah, no, I was saying that if anyone doubted Shaggy's love for Jamaica, like this is it because my gosh, like I wouldn't be doing this. Like, cause Shaggy Not after they drag my name, so Yeah, to me I think Shaggy is the most disrespected artist in Jamaica history. Like, trust me, like the amount of stuff that everything that he does, they, they find a way to pour cold water upon it. You know, pour you know, you know, all his, his achievements. You know, they try to say it's not reggae. They try to say, like, it's this, it's that, or whatever. But kudos to him, because I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> kudos to him. Yep. 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 
Yep. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we will have stories out of Latin America and news from the international scene. It is Turned Up Tuesday here on Coffee and Soul. And we're playing yesterday's hits and favorites. We're not doing anything so, so new today. Enjoy. Now I know you don't believe me when I say I do it right. Confidence is peaking to be close to you tonight. Baby, this is human nature. Let's turn our gadgets up. Smoke a little vapor and stay up till the sun. Inspired by a child Imagine how I'm feeling Falling inches from your grace I feel like Robin I love your profile Tell your body so hot Number one for my clock I owe my Vartek quest tonight I want your rope and come in I owe my say I'm my dream Love how you keep it tight Gotta say thank you to everyone Listening online on JanoRadio.com And QMZRadio.com Of course a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Keep it locked. If I take you back in the room, you around. Where are the Bobby Brown fans? Take off your clothes and all of mine too. Let you down. Way down. We can be discreet, no
This evening, The Rose Solo Show, live on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. Make sure to check it out.
Thank you so much to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you've been listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the go. Tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. 
Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, moments with me media. Thank you so much for always hanging out with us. that one Paula Abdul thank you so much was that the one where she did the music video uh with the whatchamacallit the rabbit is it just me <laughs> anybody there's else? one with an animated cat oh it's a I don't cat remember one with a rabbit oh so it's a cat okay well thank you for um reminding me so that see it's been so long I haven't seen the video in forever but I remember little bits and pieces of it <laughs> yeah okay and i think back then she was um wasn't she a choreographer for janet jackson or was it somebody else i, th- I know she was a choreographer i don't know if it's like janet jackson though so i will not <laughs> you know what uh, um, i need some red wine i feel proud of myself going on week three uh what's her name paula abdul marlon loves her so I hope that song made you happy, Marlon, hearing her voice. She's five feet. Okay, Marlon, she's shorter than me, so you're going to leave me alone. She's an American-Canadian. Um, uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, let me see. She's a dancer, choreographer, actress, singer, television personality. She began her career as a cheerleader for the Los Angeles Lakers at the age of 18 and later became the head uh, choreographer for the Lakers Girls, where she was discovered by the Jacksons. After choreographing uh, music or choreographing, oh my gosh, get my words together. After choreographing music videos for Janet Jackson, Abdul became a choreographer at the height of the music video era and soon thereafter she was signed to virgin records so i'm not so bad sonette my memory's not all that bad <laughs> i'm remembering bits and pieces <laughs> okay but i didn't know she was a cheerleader for los angeles um lakers interesting what's that song she had another song he's a cold-hearted snake who remembers that look into his eyes uh-oh he's, he's been, been telling, telling lies, lies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <remember> <laughs> yeah and then she had this other one um you know what let me get back to business but she had this uh, rush rush oh who remembers rush rush oh my gosh now i'm going um i don't mean to digress folks but we gotta have a little fun too much going on in the world as we get ready to come upon some disastrous news L- let's see if we can remember this one rush rush hold on Oh, that's what we just played. Not that one. That's not the one I wanted to. You tell us that I need my red wine. This this thing not working. What was the other cold hearted thing? That's the one I wanted to pull up. That's the one. Right. Oh my god. Okay, let's see. 
accent? Sound different to me. Why does the intro sound different to me? I don't know. Is that a remix? It does sound different. Yeah, it does sound different. That's it, the one. It sounds like sped up. Yeah, that's the one Pandora gave me. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Yeah. Maybe your memory is failing us, and that's how it really sounds, and we don't remember that. One. <laughs> <laughs> Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Oh my gosh! But yeah, okay, just a little trip down memory lane. Paula Abdul, five feet. So Marlon tells me I need a booster seat. But um, that's all right, Marlon. What does she need? Mm, don't answer. So we're going to get back to business. Thank you once again to everyone listening online and everyone here with me on Clubhouse. And we're heading into the Latin American corner. First story up, Colombia shifts strategy in drug war away from cocoa eradication. And I will say that's the only story from the Caribbean corner. I don't know why I'm saying first up. All right, so... Um, Bogota, Colombia. After promising to radically change Colombian drug policy, the administration of President Gustavo Petro has announced plans this month to reduce forced eradication efforts that for decades have remained one of the country's chief strategies to curb coca or COCA. What? Hold on a second. So is that a different plant from the cocoa? I thought the cocaine came from the cocoa, COCA. OA. I had to check my spelling there for a second. I I didn't know it came from a different plant. I didn't. Do you, wait, you thought does coke come from the cocoa plant that we make tea out of? That's not the same thing, right? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. So all right, but let me jump on Google and see if I can get a picture or coca. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that it was from. Okay, C O C A. That's what I don't want Coca Cola. Why is it giving me this? Our Coca is Coca the same as Coco? No, Coco and cocaine are not related in any way. Although some claim chocolate is addicting. Well, that's not what I want to know. I'm talking about the plant. Okay, what is the Coca plant used for? Coca, which is grown mainly in Colombia, Peru, Bolivia, is a highly addictive drug that we know that is processed in jungle labs where the coca is extracted from the leaves to produce cocaine. Until the early 1900s, cocaine was commonly used in Western medicine as an anesthetic. Didn't I say that some sometime last year? That if you check um, the ingredients of some, um, what do you call it, over-the-counter drugs that we use to apply to our skin or even on the gum of babies what's the name of that thing that we used to put on or is it orgel that we used to put on our baby's gums when they were teething to soothe it oh my yes God. orgel orgel okay so it has cocaine Whiskey, in it. brandy all kind of things like that too yeah it has um they have cocaine in it because when you see the a i n e at the end mm-hmm and remember back in the day, who remembers back in the day, they would tell you they would use cocaine to numb their gums at the dentist when they're going to do extractions or fillings. Oh, yeah, it's been around. So it is a natural anesthetic. But of course, we turn it into a chemical. Uh, 
Yeah. So, um, back to the story. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Illegal coca farming is big business in Colombia. The country is the world's largest cocaine producer, and the cultivation of the coca plant recently hit record levels, with the United Nations Office on Drug and Crime estimating that 204,000 hectares, wow, which is the equivalent of 504,000 acres, were dedicated to its production in 2021. In an effort to combat the drug trade, Colombia has historically deployed security forces to fumigate and manually remove coca crops from the ground. So I have to be careful not to call it coco. It's actually coca, C-O-C-A, crops from the ground. But the left-wing Petro administration has promised to shift tactics, moving away from policies that disadvantage subsistence farmers and promising instead to pursue drug trafficking leaders. So let me ask a question. Um, Just as we know in its natural state without any synthetics or chemicals added to weed, marijuana in and of itself is beneficial. Is the coca plant in its natural state beneficial and can be promoted and i'm i'm going slowly because i'm trying to put my thoughts together promoted for use as such uh in an effort to um what you call what's the word i'm looking for the word um i want to go along the lines of diminish the um demand you know when we say let's legalize weed because it will um oh my god what's the term i'm blank because if we legalize it legalize it is that what you're saying if we legalize it what's the term if you legalize something that you know the demand for it take the stigma that that that's that's one thing but oh my god i can't believe i, I went blank i'm sorry i need my it'll also it'll also flood the market because you know the supply will be there so it's something there mm. if that's what you're looking for it will flood the market, but will the demand be as high because now it has lost its value, so to speak? I'm going, I'm look, there's a phrase for that um, theory, but I can't remember what it is. Not right now. You know, it was big. Monopolize? No, no. Okay, I don't know. I don't no. know. Okay, forget it. But I think y'all know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I think y'all, I'm having a black moment. I think y'all know what I'm trying to say. I'm just wondering. If it is, can we in any way promote it in its natural state as being beneficial? That's all I want to know. Just like we're trying to do with weed. Yeah. All right. But damn, that's a lot of land that they have dedicated. Wow. Okay. Who remembers back in the day in Jamaica when they used to burn the ganja fields, especially out in Westmoreland? Well, that was a wicked act when you think about it. You said back in the day. Don't they still do that? But I do remember that. I don't that. know. We'd get, we'd, as children, we'd get contact highs from like this burning, this stupid thing. Like, what? That was not the smartest idea. The whole community all high. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. So next up, we head over to the international stories. President Zelensky shakes up Ukraine's cabinet amid corruption allegations. NPR.org, thank you for this one. 
A string of resignations, dismissals and reassignments shook Ukraine's government Monday and Tuesday as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and other leaders of the government confirmed the shakeup of high-level positions. A liaison for Ukraine's cabinet informed the country's parliament that it had dismissed six deputy ministers and five regional administrators for undisclosed reasons. During his nightly address on Monday, Zelensky said, we have already made personnel decisions, some today, some tomorrow, regarding officials at various levels in ministries and other governmental bodies in the regions and in the law enforcement system. Deputy Defense Minister Shapovalov submitted a handwritten resignation noted day after a news report accused his office of corruption. That report accused Shapovalov of using ministry funds to purchase food and tactical winter clothing at above market rates, acclaimed defense minister of um, Alexei Disputes. So that's where our money is going, folks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. I had to put that in there. Despite the fact that the accusations are unfounded and baseless, Shapovalov's resignation request follows in the tradition of European and democratic politics, a demonstration that the interests of defense are higher than any cabinet position. Meanwhile, let me see if I can pronounce this name, um, Timoshenko, or Timoshenko, a top Zelensky aide, also submitted a handwritten resignation note to the president late Monday. Zelensky confirmed his dismissal early Tuesday morning, which is today, in a one-line order without citing a reason as the war progressed i'm just going to call him shenko formed a circle of young zelensky advisors that achieved a celebrity-like status in ukraine posting frequently to social media and making optimistic television appearances since russia escalated its air attacks against ukrainian utilities in october shenko became the government's main coordinator for rebuilding infrastructure and managing civilian humanitarian efforts Marlon Mahaffey, I agree with you. Remember I said this, was it this week or last week that when Marlon, I, I said Marlon would say, um, at the end of this all, Ukraine and Russia is going to come out laughing at the, the, the rest of the Western world because of all that we've pumped into them. Hmm. And you may say, well, this doesn't look like it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. This right here is foolishness. Corruption. I, I, I want to know more about the corruption that's going on because, you know, when we think that our taxpayer dollars to the tune of in excess of $27 billion has gone over to Ukraine, we are paying the, 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 the salaries of healthcare providers and government workers while we are over here struggling. I'm here to see who's going to have the last laugh, and it's going to be them. And we're going to be left holding the bag. I, I For some reason, Marlon, uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. I was kind of disagreeing at first when you would say, but mm, I'm starting to see what you're seeing. Oh, boy. Um... Nigeria opens game changer, 
billion dollar deep seaport in lagos story courtesy of aljazeera.com nigeria has opened a billion dollar chinese built deep seaport in lagos which is expected to ease congestion at the country's ports and help it become an african hub for transshipment handling cargoes in transit for other destinations president buhari who inaugurated the port on monday has made building infrastructure a key pillar of his government's economic policy and hopes this will help his ruling party win votes during next month's presidential election many of nigeria's seaports inherited from the british colonial administration are no longer functional or they operate below capacity currently most commercial activity goes through the two in lagos and others in and around port harcourt the nation's oil capital resulting in steady gridlock and logistics issues for imports and exports as i'm reading this story did anyone see the one where the um cargo ship sunk off the coast of um Haiti. it happened either this week or last week i'm like oh my gosh all this cargo at the bottom of the ocean yeah disheartening i'm not sure what caused the ship to sink but um i hope everybody had insurance on all the goods and well i hope the brokers had insurance let me put it that way i just hope so we head over to Thailand for our next story, also courtesy of aljazeera.com. Thai police seize 1.1 tons of crystal meth in less than a week. Police in Thailand have seized more than one ton of crystal meth in less than a week amid a surge in narcotics trafficking since the country's borders reopened after COVID-19 lockdowns. The haul was uncovered in a series of drug busts in the north and south of the country and 10 people have been arrested. 1.145 tons of crystal meth was smuggled inside tea and coffee packages and hidden in secret compartments of vehicles uh, transported from Thailand's north and northeastern region to border areas in the south of the country for onward shipment. That's according to the Narcotics Suppression Bureau in a statement this morning. Crystal meth is mostly exported to other countries through Thailand due to the convenience in transportation. Some of these drugs were kept for a period of time before being transported to the southernmost provinces, and they were supposed to be shipped to other countries later. Aren't there significant um, repercussions, if not death, in Thailand if you're caught trafficking? Or is it in... There's another South Southeast um, Asia country that if you're caught... Hmm the death penalty that's it i'm not sure singapore singapore yes thank you um thank you sonette thank you so much um yeah okay now on to the u.s first story cops took five hours to warn dance hall shooter was on the run story courtesy of the associated press via WSVN.com. Lost in the aftermath of the Monterey Park, California ballroom dance hall shooting that left 11 people dead is an alarming fact. It took five hours for authorities to alert the public that the gunman was on the loose Saturday night. 
Even after the 72-year-old shooter brought a submachine gun-style weapon into another nearby dance hall about a half hour later, a potential attack thwarted by a hero who grabbed the weapon and chased the man away, it would be hours more before the police held a news conference to announce the suspect was still at large. Experts say the weekend mass shooting that sent fair through Los Angeles in the Asian-American communities highlights the lack of national standards for notifying the public and the need for an aggressive alert system. Similar to Amber Alerts, that would immediately set off alarms on cell phones in surrounding areas and post warnings on highway signs. Uh, Chris Golneck, Grolneck, I hope I said it right, yeah, an expert on active shooter tactics and a retired police officer and SWAT team member said, five hours is kind of ridiculous and this is going to be a really good case study. Why five hours? So it leads me to ask the question, from what happened in Uvalde? Nobody learned? No no police force learned? Nothing? In terms of time, time frame, within which things are contained? Nobody? Or it's just another day? Oh, whatever. Business as usual. We're not going to try to overall, we're not going to try to review our systems that are in place and see what measures we need to review, probably remove and put in alternatives that will be more effective. No, nobody, nobody, nobody. I mean, we here on Coffee and Toe, we have a lot of reasonable conversations. Um, Y'all may want to take notes. We offer suggestions. I'm not saying that there are the, answers complete answers but they're worth exploring i I mean we have a great audience here who offer brilliant recommendations if you ask me and we are not at the level that you all are at you know we don't work in law enforcement i don't know probably we are going off what we see in tv and it's not realistic i don't know i don't know and that being said a gunman killed seven people in shootings in Half Moon Bay, California. Story courtesy of NPR.org. A man killed seven people at two landscaping nurseries in Half Moon Bay in San Mateo County, south of San Francisco on Monday, law enforcement said. The shooter was believed to be a worker at either one or both locations, and the victims were also believed to be workers. That's according to San Mateo County Sheriff Christina Corpus. An eighth person was at the Stanford Medical Center in critical condition. The suspect was identified as Chunli Zhao, a 67-year-old Half Moon Bay resident. The sheriff's office said he is in custody and cooperating. The two locations are about a mile away from each other. Law enforcement does not have a motive for the shooting. Sheriff's deputies arrived at the first location around 2.22 p.m. local time and found four victims dead of gunshot wounds, with a fifth victim also wounded. Three more victims were found at the location soon thereafter. Zhao, and uh, I think that's the correct pronunciation, Z-H-A-O, was found in his vehicle in the parking lot of the sheriff's office, Half Moon Bay Police Substation, at 4.40 p.m. A semi, here we go again, a semi-automatic handgun was found in his vehicle, authorities said. He acted alone and there is no outstanding threat to the public. (sighs) <sighs> just another day right 
And our next story, also courtesy of NPR.org. You know, isn't that we're becoming desensitized or we're already desensitized? Is it that, you know, oh, okay. No biggie. It's the norm. Yeah. It's like going to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. Police say two students were killed and one man hurt in Des Moines shooting. And this is out of Iowa. Two teenage students were killed Monday and a man was seriously injured in what police said was a targeted shooting at an alternative educational program designed to keep at-risk youth away from trouble. The injured man was identified as the program's founder, a rapper who left a life of gangs and violence and has been dedicated to helping youth. Police said Monday that one man had been charged in the shooting and two other people remained in custody. Preston Walls, 18, of Des Moines, was charged with two counts of murder and one count of attempted murder for the shooting at the Starts Right Hair program. He was also charged with criminal gang participation. Authorities said the shooting was the result of an ongoing gang dispute. Police said Walls was on supervised release for a weapons charge and had removed his ankle monitor 16 minutes before the shooting. The incident was definitely targeted. It was not random. There was nothing random about this. Two Des Moines teens, an 18-year-old male and a 16-year-old male, were killed. William Holmes, a 49-year-old rapper who founded the program and goes by the stage name Will Keeps, was injured and was in surgery on Monday evening. Police said Walls and all three victims were at the school on Monday when Walls entered a common area where Holmes and two students were warmed. Walls had a 9mm handgun with an extended ammunition magazine in his possession. Holmes tried to escort Walls away from the area, but Walls pulled away, pulled the handgun, and began to shoot both teenage victims. I spoke at length yesterday. There's nothing left in me. Um, um, I'm drained. I'm, I'm really drained. Yesterday, the, the alert popped up on my phone. Um, it made me angry all over again. And that's not how I want to be. And, and, and this is going to keep happening. It's going to keep happening, folks. It's going to keep happening. <sighs> Timeline. U.S. mass shootings in 2023. We're in day 24. Chapter 1, January. Or I should say book 1, January, chapter 24. At least 70 people have been killed in mass shootings so far this year across the United States. Let that sink in. 70 people. Yeah. And that is according to data collected by the Gun Violence Archive amid a debate over lax gun laws that has raged for decades. So the, the the debate is nothing new, folks. It didn't start last year or the year before that. It's decades. In the latest incident on Monday, where seven people were killed and one critically injured 
in two related shootings at agricultural facilities in a coastal community in Northern California. The shootings came less than 48 hours after gunmen killed 11 people at the Lunar New Year celebration. January 23, Chicago, Illinois. Two killed, three injured. Half Moon Bay, California, seven killed, one injured. January 22, Robinsonville, Tunica Resorts, Mississippi, four injured. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 12 injured. Shreveport, Louisiana, eight injured. January 21, Monterey Park, California, 11 killed, nine injured. January 17, Houston, Texas, four injured. January 16, Fort Paris, Florida, one killed, seven injured. Goshen, California, six killed. Sanford, Florida, one killed, five injured. And I hope you all noticed that a lot of these weren't even mentioned, right? January 15, Rockford, Illinois, three killed, two injured. Homestead, Florida, one killed, three injured. Phoenix, Arizona, four injured. Houston, Texas, one killed, four injured. And I'm going through the list because we need to hear it. January 14, St. Louis, Maline Acres, Missouri, four injured. Cleveland, Ohio, January 13, four killed, one injured. January 9, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, three killed, four injured. Minneapolis, Minnesota, four injured. Denver, Colorado, four injured. January 8, Minneapolis, Minnesota, four injured. Albany, Georgia, four injured. January 7, Huntsville, Alabama, two killed, nine injured. High Point, North Carolina, five killed. January 6, Dallas, Texas, three killed, two injured. San Francisco, California, one killed, three injured. January 5th, New Orleans, Louisiana, two killed, three injured. Miami Gardens, Florida, 10 injured. January 4, Cedar City, Enoch, Utah, eight killed. Baltimore, Maryland, one killed, four injured. Dumfries, Virginia, one killed, four injured. January 3, Washington, D.C., one killed, three injured. New Orleans, Louisiana, five injured. And on January 1, this one takes the cake. Columbus, Ohio, one killed, four injured. Ocala, Florida, two killed, four injured. Chicago, Illinois, one killed, three injured. Miami Gardens, Florida, nine injured. Durham, North Carolina, five injured. Allentown, Pennsylvania, four injured. Everyone caught that, right? I hope y'all caught that. Growing raisin. Good morning, Afo. Yeah, and eight shot last night, one dead in Auckland. So, um, it, it, it just keeps going on. How are we going to hold our leaders responsible for the decisions they failed to make? What, you know, how are we going to do that? Hmm? It's 70 people that have been killed in mass shootings. We've had one almost every day. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen mass shootings. 
17 mass shootings. It's the 24th of January. Washington doesn't care, and they continue to let us know they don't care. It doesn't matter if it's children being shot up in schools. It doesn't matter if you're in church worshiping. It doesn't matter if you're at a mall. It doesn't matter if you're at work. It doesn't matter if you're at a concert, at an arena, in a movie theater. It doesn't matter if you're in a club. It doesn't matter if you're just standing outside your home. It doesn't matter if you're gathered at a community center. It does not matter if you're out shopping for groceries. It doesn't matter. It does not matter where you are, who you are, the time of day, what you're doing. It doesn't matter to the folks in Washington. We say go to the polls and vote and make our voices heard and put people in there whose beliefs and morals and values align with ours, but it doesn't seem to matter either. The, the the Democrats had control of both sides of the both bo both sides of the um whatever you want to call it right now, and it didn't matter. When is it going to matter? When the guns are pointed in their faces? Oh, that all that almost happened on January six, right? And it still didn't matter. What is it going to take? For them to stop debating and start acting. We are protecting guns, not children. We're protecting guns, not people. You can get laws changed for animals quicker than you can get them changed for guns. When is it going to matter? When? Washington, do you care? Do you care? Or it doesn't matter because it's not your child or your children or your grandchildren. Understand who is paying you. Understand who puts you there. Even though the top 1% may fund your campaigns, ultimately it's we the people who really put you there. We're the ones who go out and vote for you so that y'all can sit behind your $30,000 desks and do absolutely nothing. None of you getting up to say, let us help you pay the, the funeral expenses, whether it be 20000 30000 Nobody's coming forward. But you're sending out thoughts and prayers. You can stick your thoughts and prayers where the sun doesn't shine. We don't really want to hear anything y'all have to say right now because you're not saying anything. Y'all keep, it's as though, just, just press play on the, the recorder. Whatever you call it, just press play because it's the same speech over and over again. We've heard it over and over again. The cries are, you know, the fake tears. We've had enough of it. We just needed to change the gun laws. That's all we needed to do. Change the damn gun laws. That's it. Period. Full stop. 
But we, the American citizens, fail to understand the power that we have. I wonder what it would be like if, come the next election, nobody voted. What, 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 what happens in a case like that? Can somebody educate me? Please. If every American citizen sat down and decided they're not going to go out and vote, what is the outcome? What happens at that point? Does the party in power stay in power and everybody stays in place? What really happens? What can we do as voters to create some sense of urgency in Washington? Should we have to start behaving like Haiti? Where there will be nobody in Senate. Because none of them are serving a purpose up there. Everybody's there. And I'm sorry that I have to say this, but this is how y'all make me feel. It's as though you're only there for your own personal agendas. As it has been said, y'all go in thousandaires and come out multi-millionaires. Y'all go in living in $250,000 homes and come out living in multi-million dollar homes. What about us? What about us? We put you there. You work for us. Not for the 1% who you're helping to make filthy, stinking, rich more and more every day. You work for us. Report to duty. Shouldn't we have the power to put them on um, probation or fire them? Why should we have to wait until it's time to vote to get them out? They say America is a corporation. Isn't that what they say? America is really a corporation. I've heard that. So let's start treating them like employees. Marlon works for a company where the delivery drivers, if they drop off the wrong shipment, they're written up. No, oh, be careful. And if you're written up so many times, what happens after that? It's verbal, written, final, and then you get the boot. Why aren't we doing that, this to our employees? talk about vote we talk about vote what are we really voting for the same old same old just a different packaging if you ask me but i would love somebody to tell me what happens if nobody goes to the polls on election day nobody will that send a message to them that we're fed up with them or will it not matter? They're going to be able to continue anyway. I don't know. I would love to know what's the outcome. If somebody can do the research for me, I would greatly appreciate it. And then your tax refund, of course, we spoke about that, will likely be smaller this year. Um, but here's the kicker. U.S. 
I'm sorry, House GOP keeps up attacks on the IRS with bill to abolish the agency. This courtesy of CNN Politics, um, the Republican-controlled House has made the Internal Revenue Service a political target for Democrats bolstered after, sorry, Democrats bolstered the agency with new funding last year. Within the first week of the new Congress, a dozen GOP lawmakers introduced a bill that would abolish the IRS altogether and replace the entire federal tax code with a national sales tax. Separately, the House voted to rescind nearly $80 billion in funding for the agency that Democrats approved last year, with many top Republicans repeating the misleading claim that the money will be used to hire 87,000 auditors. Instead of adding 87,000 new agents to weaponize the IRS against small business owners and middle America, this bill will eliminate the need for the department entirely by simplifying the tax code with provisions that work for the American people and encourage growth and innovation. That's according to Representative Earl Buddy Carter, a Republican from Georgia. Uh, He introduced the Fair Tax Act earlier this month. Uh, So how would the Fair Tax Act work? The Republicans' Fair Tax Act is not a new idea. A version was first introduced in Congress in 1999. It's never had enough support to become law, but it puts forth an appealing message to those Americans who love to hate the federal tax agency. It would get rid of the complicated federal tax system, doing away with the annual task of filing tax returns. Instead, the bill would replace federal taxes on individual and corporate income with a national 23% sales tax in 2025, allowing for adjustments to the rate in later years. Americans would pay Uncle Sam whenever they bought a new good or service for personal consumption. The bill calls for abolishing the IRS and directing states to collect the new federal tax. While every consumer would pay the same tax at the cash register, the bill provides for a monthly tax rebate payment based on the poverty rate and family size. It's meant to help offset the tax levy on low-income Americans who tend to spend a higher share of their paycheck on goods and services okay next question i need somebody who can wrap their head around this to interpret to um interpret this for me into english all right how simple is a national sales tax a national sales tax appears very simple one rate all americans pay on new goods and services they buy but some policy experts say the fair tax act is more complicated than it looks Moving away from taxing income and toward taxing consumption is a step in the right direction for a pro-growth and simpler tax code. Hold on, is Sin here? I know Sin was here earlier. Uh, Oh, she left. Okay. Because I know she'd be able to possibly interpret this for us a little bit. Hey, moments. Hey, Tathlon. (laughs) Okay, so... Moving away from taxing income and toward taxing consumption is a step in the right direction for a pro-growth and simpler tax code. Can somebody ping Sin for me? I hope she's able to come in, to come back in, because I need her to explain this. And that's according to Garrett Watson, 
a senior policy analyst at the Tax Foundation, an independent tax policy nonprofit. Huh. I'm a little confused. I'm not sure. Okay, so you do away with the IRS. Everybody pays a national 23% sales tax. In paying that 23% sales tax, you are no longer paying federal taxes on individual and corporate income. What's the deduction right now on when you get your paycheck? What Roughly how much comes out of your paycheck right now? When we talk about um, Medicare, what are the deductions again? I'm blank. It's federal. Some states you pay federal and uh, state tax. Medicare, Social Security. What else comes out? Remind me, somebody. What else? What else comes out? Does it come up to twenty three percent or more, or is it less? But anyway, it's higher than twenty three percent. Twenty three percent is a lower rate than um, what you usually pay somewhere around twenty eight, thirty two to thirty. Yeah, it's a, it's a range somewhere around there. Twenty eight, thirty two. Yeah. Hmm. But um, how are you going to fund the federal government if you don't take federal taxes? So Are you going to run away with the federal government? <laughs> so I'm going to assume, um, and you know what they say about the word assume, right? But I'm going to assume, Donald, that if you take do away with federal taxes and you push it to sales tax, States will be collecting the sales tax and a portion of it will have to be turned over to the federal government, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. Hmm. <coughs> no, hold, hold on, James. Hold on a second, James. Uh, Donald, am I making sense? I don't know. Yeah, but there are states that don't, don't even have sales tax. So what you do, you put a you put a twenty three percent sales tax across the board, and then you depend now on the state to collect that money and then hand it over to the federal government. So when yeah. you have a a state that decide, listen, we're not paying the government for this month or these two months. <laughs> what you do, you hold the government ran, you you hold the federal government ransom. Uh, when there is disaster, and the and stuff like that, and the federal government comes in to to aid states where the money coming from how i mean to me that's just a lot it sounds simple on paper but the implementation of a national flat rate like that and that is administered by the states uh there's a lot more questions than answers here in my opinion it sounds good on paper though hmm. all right thank you donald go ahead james and who was next after yeah, james yeah. after james please go right ahead go ahead james sorry yeah, you know, you know what's interesting that 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 is the Edward Siaga formula from from 1980. I think about 82. I don't know if you anyone's old enough to remember when GCT came into play. We paid 25 percent for GCT right now in Jamaica. Okay, yeah. So when G before, like in the 70s and the early 80s, there was no such thing as GCT, right? Right. Correct. You're Edward right. Edward Siaga was the one that brought it in because the same type of reasoning that that um, you're reading about now. Um, and the reason why he brought it in is because since Jamaica became independent, Jamaica have been like um, about 70% 70, 70 informal in terms of business structure. Like 70% um, of business in Jamaica 
either are not registered to pay tax or are not paying tax. So, and the 30% that's paying tax, it's like a burden. So, Jamaica is not collecting the tax that it should collect. And that's been a problem from independence. So, the, the, the GCT was brought in, in place to October catch... October like, 1991, to be exact. Yeah, to catch all the, you know, the, the shopkeepers, the, the, the hundreds of thousands of shopkeepers across the country who don't pay tax because they don't have a formal business structure. Mechanics that don't pay tax because they don't have like hairdressers, um, people that um, dressmakers and stuff like that. But to me, uh, for, for a first world country, for America, like a, a, a superpower, that's going backwards because are they going to fund the federal government? Or are they going to send money to Ukraine? You know? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's moving backwards. <laughs> All right, so in the chat, Outhorda said there was a bill proposed years ago. It never went through, but from the sounds of it, I liked the idea, especially for states that pay state taxes. All right, go ahead, Donald. On, on that point, when you, when you impose a, a consumption tax, essentially it's an increase on tax on the poor people because rich people pays a, would be paying a very small portion of their, their wealth or their income on consumption. So essentially, the people that don't have are forced now to pay a higher percentage of their income on, on, on that consumption tax. Because you're looking at a poor person now, how, what would you do? Would you exempt essentials, the essential basket? If you ex exempt that basket, will the government still collect the amount of tax that is required? Does it mean now that you don't, how, how are you going to tax things like investments and stuff like that? No. You don't, it's unlimited, you just make money, but you only pay for what you eat. Hmm. There is, it seems simple, but at the, at the end of the day, poor people will be the one to suffer. To suffer. Because um, you would say you would give them um, exemptions and stuff, but how are yeah. these exemptions going to be applied? Um, what about your informal, listen, it is, it is difficult for me. <laughs> um. So, in 2011, an independent analysis of a similar national sales tax found that, on average, most income groups would pay more tax than they did under the federal tax system at the time, except the top 5% of earners who would see a tax cut. Um. It's the deductions, credits, and exclusions, like for retirement, savings, and charitable giving that make it complicated. Plus, Americans would likely have to file some paperwork to some tax collection entity in order to receive the rebate. Yeah. Because they're talking about, did I not read where they say monthly rebate? So you're, you're doing this monthly. How is this going to affect tax preparers, those who do this for a living? How is it going to affect them? Um, I think at the root of all of this, and please, I stand corrected, or if someone has a differing opinion, I do welcome it. But I think at the root of all of this is they're wanting to cut out tax returns. They know a lot of people, especially low-income people, rely on tax returns. They know that. I just feel that's what they're trying to do. Eliminate tax returns because remember, they're already going to be limiting the amount you get now. 
they're doing away with certain things i i don't know i may be wrong anybody else has an opinion on this i don't know another thing we have to look at the effectiveness of any taxing system its ability to collect will the system we put in place has the same efficiency to collect taxes from the state level as it is right now from the established federal level because you have to tax people when they have the money that is why we take out the, the social security medicare whatever as you get pay and it's remitted to the federal to the government now would we have that same level of efficiency if we go to a state level and if you don't then even if people are due to pay tax and you cannot collect it then that could cause your entire system to to collapse and then all the essential services that depends on the tax collection will now suffer so it becomes complicated um moments yes yes the, yeah last night we actually watched a video about the whole fear tax act this brother kind of break it down i sent you the video um okay. to your instagram but what you said about they want to get rid of the whole income tax uh uh uh, what do you call this one? Uh, we say I want to get rid of the thing. Um, the, they want to get rid of federal income tax yeah. and institute yeah. fair taxes, whatever they want. Uh, as well as the tax return thing at the end of the year, with people as I do. Yeah. He said, he said that in the video that yes, they're trying to get rid of that. Um, so basically, you don't just pay taxes on how much you kind of spend. You know what I mean? Uh, kind of like what Daniel just I, said. Yeah, I think our China do, China do it to some social tax thing, where it, it, it's like it go for like you know they might they might talk about them social credit and all them something. It depends on oh you're doing a life or I you know um I think them say like if some kind of social tax. So China let me not explain it about oh China kind of do for them thing. You know what I mean? Uh, it's even coming on movies, but, 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 but when it comes on to certain stuff, I try not to say certain stuff again because, you know what I mean? I think a people can manage certain stuff. So, But but send the video still, you can play it or watch it, and then the next time again, you can come and talk about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Afo. Uh, Donnell, yes, it sounds simple, but I think there are a lot of um, nuances. Um, I don't know. Well, I, 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 to some degree, I agree with Otada. I like the idea. And here is why I'm going to say I don't mind the idea. Um, when you get your, your, your paycheck and you see all these deductions, all right? If you're paying a mortgage, you know you're paying property taxes. It's included in your mortgage. You pay water bill, taxes. You have a look at your phone bill, taxes. You go to the supermarket, taxes. Everywhere you turn, you're taxed out your yin yang. So I don't mind. Tax me one way or tax me another. But it's like me can't catch a break. Everybody collecting except me. Go ahead, Dadel. I am not saying a system like that, it may not be good in certain societies, but I'm saying in America where it is built around a federal taxing system and so much institutions is built around it. I don't see you abandoning that federal taxing system to go to a state level. Mm -hmm. I cannot see that transition. Maybe it can happen, but here I, don't, I can't see that happening. 
in, in other countries, fine, but not in America. Especially when you have governors like Ron DeSantis who will collect the money and say, oh, I don't agree with the federal government today. Piss me off today. I'm not turning over the money. There is so much <laughs> built around the federal government that I cannot see how you would fund it efficiently and how you will get rid of all the institutions that it supports. Yeah. What's going to happen to um, health care? Go right ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be too much of a, you know, as if the 1% doesn't have enough advantage already because with, with, with the whole tax system a tax system like this is easy for um, corruption for like the 1% the, the, the to move because remember like when when um, the 1% like collect um, the, 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 the taxes um, they are getting um, certain incentive against like their expenses and stuff like that mm -hmm. so it's going to be a further advantage for them and, and they will find loopholes like to make it work for them even more than, you know, even more of a tax break than what they're enjoying now. So, and it's going to affect, it's going to affect um, poor people more. I know like, for example, I know like in, in some places in Canada, like um, like supermarket items, like food items are exempt from like the, the, the this, um, sale tax. So like once anything that you, you consume is exempt from it, but then like, you know, toiletries, like, you know any other stuff like that they apply that to it but i i still think that you know poor people are going to suffer more and the one percent are just going <clears> to <throat> be smiling all the way to the bank even more than they're already smiling so now nah, i don't think it works for america all right go ahead go ahead Altado. sorry yeah um somebody said that the name of the building just reminded me of it because um years ago when i was in georgia i was looking at that and the way um it was presented was it is it is actually a benefit for the middle class and low and for the middle class people and the lower classes if you want to call it that mm -hmm. um to me just my opinion just looking at it when when you get the paycheck you're paying taxes already up front and those states that have state taxes you go and purchase something you're, you're being taxed on it as again so if you are paying one tax and whatever you're purchasing and with those um, whatever exemptions, like if you're buying groceries or whatever, those are exempt from taxes. To me, I feel that you have more of control of how you spent. You will be able to spend your money and save your money because you'll be getting more. Mm -hmm. let's, say, let's say if you're regular taxes, you're being taxed and you're $500 is already gone out the pot before you even get it in your pocket. And you're saying, okay, this week I have to buy X, Y, and Z, but that 500 is not factored in now because now you can actually save that. Mm. The one percenters, they're already smiling and going to the bank every day, regardless of what's happening now. So why not the poor people reap some kind of benefit? And I think the regulations with the state on the state level, if the state has to pay the the federal government, I think there would be some kind of merger in place to, for that, even with the um, emergency workers and FEMA and all those, those would have to be um, taken into consideration somehow, some way. But this the system that we have as it is does not work. 
Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to run. We? Hold on one second, Donald. I'm going to run some numbers. Let's run some numbers. So let us say I get $1,000 as my paycheck. 23% is going to... Um, no, they're not taking out any federal tax. Sorry. They're not taking out any federal tax. Will they though? This is what I want to know. I'm going to have to watch the video. Afro. Thank you for sending it over. What I want to know is this. Are they going to be taking out Medicare and Social Security? Will that continue to be deducted or no? Afo, did they say anything about that in the video? Can you um, let me know real quick? Uh, no, he only said what Otara said, um, that it would be a bit more beneficial for us because you have more money to spend. Okay. And it kind of helps you for to be mindful of how you spend the money because um like certain stuff are if not everything i go go up like you already see what i go on but you say things are already getting very expensive mm-hmm. anyways okay. but it kind of help you for kind of be mindful of how you spend but at the same time you will have more money to spend so all right, so you can watch a video for more indeed yeah. and just say uh, just because of something new they might try for propose it'll right. be it not coming to acket them similar just are going to keep some more eye on it and get some more information as you know as time progress right uh, so you can share all right you can thank- just watch a video for kind of get a rough understanding thank you Apple. because i'm just trying you see me 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 talk money me have to know how the money i go go oh <laughs> oh i got pencil out so i'm here thinking all right let's say i get a thousand dollars a week let us say I am a contractor, so I don't work for an employee. I file my own taxes, right? So I get a thousand dollars upfront, zero deductions taken out. Now I am gonna spend, let us say, three hundred dollars out of that. It's three hundred dollars plus twenty-three percent. Period. That's it, right? Okay, point two three uh $230 hold on hold on no I'm sorry I did that wrong I'm so sorry I'm so sorry so I'm I got a thousand dollars make me we're supposed to be doing this right let's put aside a hundred dollars automatic savings and then we put another hundred dollars for um what you call it <laughs> investment so I have eight hundred dollars left to spend Ray, my bills Will I be paying taxes on my rent? Is light bill going to be at 23%? Hold on. Yeah, I may have some question now as I punch the numbers. How is it going to affect my light bill, my water bill, my phone bill? How is it going to affect those um, things? Cable bill. Are they going to regulate those um, companies where they charge us 23% as a sales tax period mina wants you know universal tax mina wants you know 911 tax this tax that tax friendship tax hateful tax mina wants none of that me just want 23 percent is that is that what is going to happen so you know donald yeah we have a lot of questions <laughs> so i i know like say for instance in las vegas well nevada right mm-hmm. there's no corporate business tax um there's no no income tax, but the consumption tax is like almost 9%. It's like eight point something percent, right? Um, it does promote like business growth and, and um, people keep more of the money, but you, you address a good point. Utilities is higher. 
is very high in 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 Nevada. So they're gonna find like other places to get the money back. So I know that for Nevada. So the utilities is like very high, and it's because of the the the, the generous tax code that they have. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So then, Dre, um, twenty three percent seems a little high. Then would you say? We well, you, and you know, in Florida, it's different rates, right? Because Broward is what six point five percent, Miami Dade yeah. is is seven percent for state tax. Right. I can't understand why we have a 05 percent differential, but I think twenty three percent then would be too high, as a well, twenty three percent is because now they're looking to cut out the federal. Yeah, but still, that high man, <laughs> yeah. he high. It's high. Can they say 12.5%? Is that more recent? Go ahead, James. Yeah, mom, and remember to like, look at, if you look at the history of Jamaica too, whenever there's a shortfall in the budget, that is the first thing that the government look, look on. So like, yeah, it, it, it can start out at 23%, but, you know, who knows where it's going to end up like the next couple of years because I think I think the, the GCT um, doubled since um, the inception of it. So that's another thing to to consider too, because not because it starts at 23%, that means it stays there. Right. You know, like, you know, like a war, like natural disaster, a, a pandemic or whatever, you know, like then they're like, okay, 35%. Yeah, so, we have to recoup. Yeah. You know, you raised a valid point. And I tell you something, this affects us globally because it's going to affect trade. It's going to affect those persons who come here to the U.S. to purchase goods to go back and sell. So we, it's not just a U.S. issue. We have to look at the trickle-down effects, the ripple effects, the snowball effect, whatever you want to call it. How is it going to... Let us say I have a business in Jamaica. I'm going to sell shoes and clothes. I come up here now and I'm paying 23% tax on the clothes I'm going to buy. I'm going to go back to my country. I'm going to include that 23% plus the, the, my, my, my buyers, my customers going to have to pay them 25% GCT too. So it's going to... 23% high. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I understand the concept and I can respect the concept because I can appreciate keeping some money in my pocket coming to for pay a tax everywhere I turn. But I think they need to go back to the drawing board and be more realistic with the numbers. They also have to present a plan as to how the federal government or is going to be run. Um, how is this money? Yeah. How are we going to operate? How are federal workers going to get their pay? You know, a lot of questions. Good concept. Not going to knock it. Not going to knock it. But we just need more details. Right now we are in the galaxy trying to figure it out. All right, next clip. Here we go. Governor Ron DeSantis defending his decision to block a new advanced placement course on African-American studies from being taught in Florida schools. He says Florida's current standards for teaching black history are, quote, cut and dried history, and that multiple lessons in that particular course go too far. Here he is. We want education, not indoctrination. This course 
on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. It's the latest in a long line of culture war battles that DeSantis has been happy to fight amid growing speculation that he will run for president. Steve Contorno is out front in St. Petersburg, Florida, with new details. So, Steve, we just heard DeSantis say, you know, he laid it out very clearly why he this course is not welcome in the state of Florida. What else do you know about uh, that is part of the curriculum? Aaron, this is going to be a study of the African-American experience from a whole bunch of perspectives and subjects. It's going to include uh, not just history, but also art and humanities and, and politics and geography. Uh, so it's going to include a lot of topics that you would expect. We took a look at the syllabus and there's things on it that you would expect in a course like this, like civil war and black communities, black suffrage and women's rights and civil rights leaders. It also includes exposing kids to things that they might not have had uh, a chance to learn previously, like Western, American, uh, Western African empires and black musical innovation. But there's a number of topics in the final section that the DeSantis administration has raised objections to. Uh, and this includes the topics that, like, that are things like black feminism, black queer studies, and reparations movement. And the DeSantis administration says that the concepts and the writings in these sections overlap and intersect with critical race theory, race theory which as you know has been banned in Florida, uh, and also may violate a new state law which says that you cannot teach that someone might be oppressed or privileged uh, based on their race or, or color. So it's a small section of the course, actually just six topics in a, in a course that's going to cover more than 100 topics over the course of a year, Aaron. And that's what the objections were about, that those specific six, or what were they? Was there anything else? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Most of the objections are actually around the writings that are suggested as part of this coursework uh, because they come from black thought leaders or activists uh, or historians who the DeSantis administration says have pushed for ideologies that they don't want being taught in Florida schools like, like communism. Now, I talked to a teacher who is currently instructing this class at a high school, and she is just baffled by this assertion that this is somehow injecting politics or ideology. This is a study of these topics that have been instrumental uh, in civil rights movements of their era. Like, how do you talk about the civil rights actions of the last 20 years without mentioning the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, which uh, DeSantis says shouldn't be taught because it, it, they push for abolishing prison. So, Aaron, th this is what they are using to, uh, to convince people that this course should not be allowed in Florida when it is widely available in 2024. My, my question, my question is this. A hundred and something topics in the AP course. You have issue, issues with six. Why not address those six? Why scratch the entire course? Why not say to those who put the, the syllabus together, hey, let us revise these six things because I under, you know, these are my reasons why. 
as far as queer, you know, and anything around LGBTQ, we want to remove that. Okay, I understand that. But you're going to scrap the whole thing because of a few things? How does that make sense? And nobody's saying to abolish prisons. Nobody said that. We're saying make the judicial system fair. We're asking for equality. Oh, you have a problem with that. Did Ron DeSantis sit down and go through the syllabus or did he have a set of uh, yes people below him that just found these few things and said, yeah, mm -hmm, we banned the whole thing. They did not take the time to go through the entire syllabus. Now, when you present a document to anybody and a part of it is off or it needs to be reconstructed, what, do you tear up the whole document or you just work on that fragment? Moments. Him know him at the moments. Him had a chance to review the document. Trust and believe that. Me not think him do it to not have No, 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 so. moments. You have to know who you are dealing with. Him have a chance to go through the document. Him, as a governor, <laughs> Him take it, him go through it, but again, it have to do with black people and teaching about black history, black education, all them because something there. Listen to what him call it, you know. Um, what do what what work bill, work bill or yeah. work act, whatever stay, the hell he want to call it. Stay woke, um, bill. Stay um, woke, yeah. So with so listen to the word. People are wake up. People start to uh, uh, get access to information. People are do them research. A whole heap of movements start to take place because people start to uh, uh, get woke. You know what I mean? Them, the, the, the veil that come off of them eye, them start to really say, well, you know what I mean? Kids, um, black kids, uh, start to uh, know more about themselves. They're being taught more about themselves. You know what I mean? In no one that. To them, remember, you know, them already have this great replacement theory nonsense in them head already. The, the governor, I want, I want them racist guy. There, you know what I mean? Let, let's call it what it is. Do not try to be no, name calling, but learn for call out things uh, as you see it. You see me? I say, if you walk like a duck, walk like a duck is a duck. The man don't make you know where him is already. Him all front with it. People, as I say, start to wake up and I say things where it is. No, you might still have some who still a shock and jive and you know what I mean and the wolf and, and whatever about it and everybody depend on that. Wolf um, people start to uh, give out information and learn and they must say, hey, what on the we are we're, we were more than just slaves where we always are uh, here in a school. We were kings, we were this, you know what I mean? Oh, so you mean for them say it's a guy like me build the, the, the um build this or build that or get this pattern. So with that said I'm afraid of that say, oh, we are black people go rise up, black people start to get educated, um, black people want to say they are the Senate, they are the house, black people want to become president, all them could something there. So <laughs> man, them, them, them scared, them scared moments. You see me? And for others was them scared. So they are gonna try to do every single thing in them power to kinda suppress that. So that black folks now wake up again. See, you see how them go crazy about one cartoon just because the, the mermaid black now? 
<laughs> yeah, so I tell you, on a joking moment, I'm scared. I'm scared. What can I do about that? What can I do about that? I, I, I wake up here now. You know what I mean? Kids don't want to say, oh, they want to become a rapper again, or a basketball player, or a football player. They want to depend. They want to go into politics to make changes for other people who look like them with for them skin tone. People start to realize, oh, the government. I, I do this, this, that, and the turf. Everybody else, but for we. So, if no one that that I see, they for be planting up, you know, in a week the young black generations in so mind let, again. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Um, what is your recommendation that he just have those things that he has an issue with be addressed, or should he leave it as it is and and let them continue on with the AP African American Studies? What is your recommendation? Them for continue, alright. But no, no, what you want for the, but no, no, no. What is you your recommendation? Oh my, oh my recommendation. Yeah. We have to take your pit name out of out of the school and go teach them yourself. Is it? No, me? no, no, no. What I'm asking, listen, Afa, 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 Afa. Listen to what I'm asking. My question right, really. is, what is your recommendation to the scientists? Do we leave the AP African American Studies course as it is, or do we just address the area, the six areas out of the hundred plus that he cons has concerns with, what would you recommend to him? Oh, okay. Oh, um, adjust the six. Adjust the six. We 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 have a problem with. You know what I mean? When I say that, but at the same time, kind of call him talk about what queer studies or something like that. But, what am I trying to say? Come I mean, I really know what this EAP, um, when that, what that section they kind of really have to do. Is the mat, what am I trying to do? Like, if acknowledge it or if embrace it or say, kind of do the same teaching, oh, you can be whatever you want to be. Um, or they might try to tell you the history, uh, where all that come from, um, like, uh, uh, book breaking, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't really understand the part if I, which way they might try to go with that. But, um, if they have a problem with a part there, can, uh, especially if they might try to embrace this whole butt breaking thing and not, and not say, oh, yeah, well, you know, you can be whatever you want for me, then I would say, got that part the all tight, got that part, especially that part, got it all tight. The others, I never remember exactly what were the others, uh, five, um, but, um, yeah, if if I something where where go against even where you don't want your child to learn as well, but all right, you know, oh. yeah. All right, thank you, Alfred. It's time for us to take a quick break, and I'll be right back. Give me just a second. touch of your hand makes my folks react that it's only the thrill of boy meeting girl opposites attract it's physical only logical you must try to ignore that it means more than What's love got to do? Got to do with it. What's love 
to say thank you to everyone listening online on johnoradio.com and qmzradio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. You're listening to Coffee Into World News on the Go. Tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It is Turned Up Tuesday. Somebody was talking to me, but I couldn't understand the word they said. Not that I was trying to be rude, but conversation couldn't make it through. The thoughts of the love I have for you. Baby, your face takes up my time, cause I can just
And it's time for us to get back to business. It's time for business and tech news. So thank you so much, everyone, for staying tuned in online on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And again, thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Before I get into the first article in our business and tech segment, I know someone had opened their mic to say something, but I had to go to break. I'm not sure who it was, but if you want to go ahead, please. Yeah, it was me. Okay, James. No, Yeah, I was just saying that um, the, the people that... Um, wrote this curriculum to need um, to take some responsibility because this is an old political trick that America has been using for years. Like, they, they, f- they fill something with what the popular vote will support and then they attach an agenda or a few agenda items to it and try to push it through. Republicans have, have done it with, like, um, big spending or, and, and infrastructure and they, they, they attach certain things to it that they know the Democrats are not going to vote for. And the Democrats do it. So I think, yeah, they have to take some responsibility too. Because they know once they put certain things in it, they're going to shut it down. Because the base, the the conservative base don't want to hear anything like that in it. So they could have presented a bill without um, limit the the, the controversy or or stuff in it that they, they know that conservative people are not going to support. All right. Thank you, James. Thank you so much. Okay, first up in business and tech news, Southwest Pilots and others to get bonus pay for working during the meltdown. Story courtesy of CNN. Southwest Airlines has agreed to pay its pilots an estimated $45 million in bonus gratitude pay for working through the company's service meltdown during the holiday travel period at the end of last year. The airline said it will also compensate other employee groups who worked through the period, although it did not immediately identify which employees or how much they'll receive. Southwest has about 9,400 pilots. The estimated cost of their bonus pay was disclosed in a message from the Southwest Airlines Pilots Association to its membership saying the gratitude pay will be 50% of the pilot's regular pay, excluding holiday pay, sick pay, or vacation time. Earlier this month, Southwest disclosed the cost of the service problems, which resulted in more than 16,700 cancelled flights between December 21 and 29, would cost the company between $725 million and $825 million. About half of the cost was the result of lost ticket revenue, with the rest allocated to customers' compensation, higher operating costs, and increased pay to employees. Southwest said the gratitude pay to employees is included in that estimate. Elon Musk stays in the news. Musk says he was sure of Saudi backing to privatize Tesla. Story courtesy of AlJazeera.com. Elon Musk has testified that he was sure he had backing from Saudi financiers in 2018 to take Tesla Inc. private, but said the fund later backpedaled on on its commitment as he defended against claims he defrauded investors by later tweeting about his electric car company. 
At a trial in a United States federal court in San Francisco, California on Monday, Musk told the investor's lawyer, Nicholas Porritt, that he had met on July 31, 2018, with representatives of Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, the public investment fund, PIF, at Tesla's Fremont, California factory. Musk said he did not discuss a takeover price, but the Saudi representatives made clear they would do what it took to make a buyout happen. PIF unequivocally wanted to take Tesla private, he said. Musk subsequently said that Yasir al-Yamuyan, governor of the fund, later backpedaled on the commitment to take Tesla private. And of course, he said he was very upset about the whole thing. Uh, Spotify to cut 6% of its workforce. Story courtesy of CNN. Spotify said Monday that it will cut 6% of its workforce to reduce costs, joining tech companies like Amazon and Microsoft in slashing headcount as the global economy slows. In a letter to employees posted on the company's website, CEO Daniel Eck took full responsibility for the job cuts, which he called difficult but necessary. Like many other leaders, I hoped to sustain the strong tailwinds from the pandemic and believed that our broad global business and lower risk to the impact of a slowdown in ads would insulate us. In hindsight, I was too ambitious in investing ahead of our revenue growth. The Stockholm headquartered music streaming business had about 9,800 employees globally as of September 30, according to earnings report. So the comment seems to be a copy and paste. Isn't that what they have all said? Uh, They were too ambitious in investing ahead of our revenue growth. Yeah, we've heard it all before. Just hit the, um, what's that song? This just sounds like a rerun. Uh, Rihanna, what's that song? (laughs) No, yeah, I'm here jogging jogging my memory. Uh, Oh my gosh. You look so dumb right now. <laughs> Trying to apologize. What's the name of that song? You know my brain already. This just sounds like a rerun. What else is on? Hurry up before. You know what? Uh, really, really leave me hanging. What did I just come back to? Uh, really leave me hanging. It's all right. But me know the song in my head. <laughs> I know the song I'm talking about. Um, hurry up before the sprinkler comes up. Is it was it real or is it Beyonce? Take a bow. Take ah. Thank Take you. Thank you. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Of of course, I don't know the rest of the king. <laughs> well, this is what it's all sounding like. <laughs> So dumb right now <laughs> Standing outside my house Trying to apologize You're so ugly when, when you, you cry. cry Please Just cut it out 
You're only sorry you got caught. Because, here, listen to this next story. Didn't we say last week that they, this particular company that I'm going to talk about, they were cutting how many thousands of jobs? Okay. Microsoft confirms it is investing billions in chat GPT creator OpenAI. Open, what do you call it? OpenAI. Story courtesy of CNN. Microsoft on Monday confirmed it is making a multi-billion dollar investment in OpenAI, the company behind the new viral chatbot tool called ChatGPT. Microsoft, an early investor in OpenAI, said it, it plans to expand its existing partnership with the company as part of a greater effort to add more artificial intelligence to its suite of products. In a separate blog post, OpenAI said the multi-year investment would be used to develop AI that is increasingly safe, useful, and powerful. In late November, OpenAI opened up access to ChatGPT, an AI-powered chatbot that can provide lengthy, thoughtful, and thorough responses to user prompts and questions. Its responses, while sometimes inaccurate, have stunned users, including academics and some in the tech industry. The investment comes days after Microsoft announced plans to lay off 10,000 employees as part of a broader cost-cutting cost measure, hmm. making it the latest tech company to reduce staff because of growing economic uncertainty. All of y'all get gone. All of y'all are the same damn thing. Why don't you just come out and say what it say when you're laying people off? Just say it as it is. Be transparent. We can respect the honesty. Brutal, harsh, but we can respect the honesty. Just come out and say, you know what? Uh, we really don't want people anymore. We're moving tech. Just say it like it is. Don't talk about reducing staff because of growing economic uncertainty. Don't come out talking about, I was too ambitious in investing ahead of our revenue growth. Because the only people losing are the ones at the bottom, for the most part. Y'all sorry as heck. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, I wonder if people really understand how dangerous like algorithm and all these type of stuff is. You know, I, I think I think if if we realize the danger of it, like people wouldn't be so so fast to like support all of these things and people would push back. Because the the thing with the algorithm is like a, a 
a compute computer system like managing human beings like like they're 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 like a computer system is kind of have our destiny or or the outcome of our businesses or um certain structure of our life and it's not controlled by human beings it's controlled by a system and that's a dangerous thing to do because like for example you know i i use like uber uber eats and stuff like that and uber is controlled by algorithms so just one example if you are a restaurant owner and you have one of those tablets whenever you pause it like just say you pause it to deal with something at your restaurant um the algorithm is set up in a way that it pushes you to the back of the line right and that's the computer that's the system determining the the outcome of your business so it's not like someone like on 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 the other end like pushing buttons the computer it's the, the mm-hmm. system itself determines what happens so if you pause it for half an hour and you're pushed to the back of the line because of the algorithm then that is going to determine you know the outcome of your business for the day and that's a dangerous thing to do well, very t- dangerous well i'll tell you something you know it's the order of the day james because um there was an article that i read i think it was this week or over the weekend uh talking of, and we already know this this is not new news any social media platform the algorithm is there working behind the scenes but i think it was tiktok that was brought to the forefront that tiktok confessed that they do have people working for them who determine whose content gets promoted and whose content is suppressed so it's it's the way of the world it's what's going to happen we, we we can sit here and beat up our gums and argue all we want guess what it's not going to change and you know why it's not going to change because the powers that be the top one percent are going to see to it that things go in accordance with their plan all right so gotta keep it moving have a few more stories to wrap up before we gotta go uh <laughs> world athletics in sports news World Athletics proposes new tr- new transgender eligibility rules. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. Track and field governing body World Athletics has made a proposal to continue allowing transgender women to compete in female international track and field events. World Athletics says its preferred option was to tighten the sports eligibility rules, but still use testosterone limits as the basis for inclusion. A policy document suggesting the amendments has been sent to World Athletics member federations as part of a consultation process before a vote in March. It comes despite other sports banning transgender women from participating in elite female competition amid concerns that they have an unfair advantage. World Athletics has faced some criticism over its stance but said it was the best way to gather constructive feedback and insisted a final decision has not yet been made. And believe it or not, stories, thanks to (laughs) BallerAlert.com, you know, we need the laughter. Too much going on in the world. We got to, you know, put a smile on our faces at someone else's expense. 
George Santos allegedly proposed to teen boyfriend while still being married to his then wife. Following the news that U.S. Representative George Santos dressed in drag, it has been revealed that the Long Island rep also proposed to his then teenage boyfriend five years before divorcing his wife. Good evening, everyone, as you may already know. Pedro and I have decided to join our toothbrushes, LOL. And a very few friends have been selected to share this special moment with us. Santos <laughs> wrote on Facebook. You know what? Um, can the Republicans just put him to the side for a second and take him out of the public eye? Just, just for a quick second. Enough of you, Santos. We really don't want to hear any more from you, about you. Uh, yeah, that's enough. In the brew, entertainment news. Beyonce divides fans with Dubai Atlantis Royal Live Show. Uh, let me read the article. It is courtesy of BBC.com. Beyonce has returned to the stage for her first live performance in five years, but not everyone is excited. The U.S. megastar headlined the private concert in Dubai to mark the opening of luxury hotel Atlantis the Royal. Despite a strict no-phones policy at the exclusive 1,500-seat gig, Footage of the show flooded the internet. Many fans were thrilled to see the return of Queen Bee, but others weren't happy because Dubai has strict laws against same-sex relationships. Renaissance, her latest album, has been celebrated for honoring black queer culture and taking inspiration from LGBT icons. It pays tribute to dance music that emerged out of the gay community and also references drag uh, drag ballrooms in Harlem, New York. Freelance music journalist Abigail Firth tells BBC Newsbeat, Beyonce's recent work is indebted to LGBT culture. This might explain why some fans are uncomfortable about her making her live return in Dubai and reportedly receiving $24 million for it. It seems like a really misguided choice of hers, says Abigail. She obviously is a multimillionaire anyway. She didn't really need to do this. She didn't really need the money. That's probably where some of the backlash is stemming as well. I'll, I'll say this real quick. Um, Beyonce is free to perform where she wants to perform. There's nothing that says because she supports a community which she didn't always um, support. And, and we can go back in history because many years ago, she did not support the LGBTQ community. She um, pushed back against them. But anyway, we're going to fast forward to where she now embraces them and supports them. But her supporting them does not mean that she should cater to them alone. She's an artist. Everybody embraces her. Everybody listens to her music and supports her. So um, calm down. Have several seats. No need to get your your panties all in a bunch. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Javette. Go ahead. How you gonna tell somebody they don't need twenty five million dollars? That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they, they seem to be all up in her financial affairs. Yeah, she's trying to leave a legacy, a financial legacy for her children. You know, leave that woman alone. She's free to perform for whomever, wherever, for how much. It's her choice. Girls Trip Two is happening. Full cast will reunite for an adventure in 
Ghana. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. The highly anticipated sequel to Girls Trip is on the way, and they'll be taking their escapades to Ghana this time. Ooh, I'm here for this one. Well, um, let me swallow real hard. <laughs> I don't know if there will be more scenes like the one we all loved with the grapefruit, but uh, Tracy Oliver, who co-wrote the movie with Kenya Barris, confirmed the exciting news in an interview with Variety at Sundance Film Festival. Oliver also said that producer Will Packer might kill me for sharing the possible location for the sequel. Ooh, I wonder if they're going to have some Ghanaian actors in there. Anyway, let me get back on track. Um, Regina, I hope they do. Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Tiffany Haddish will all reprise their roles in the acclaimed film. Oliver revealed that the sequel would follow the ladies in the West African country as they potentially attend the Afrocella Festival. Wasn't there some issue with the name Afrocella? Uh, Coachella raised some, some, some concerns and wanted them to change the name. Anyway, yeah. let me not digress. Yeah, we did talk about that. Ghana's annual cultural and music event that mimics Coachella. While it appears there is no definitive timeline yet, Oliver revealed that she's still crafting the script, but the film is indeed happening. It's officially happening. I can say that Oliver said, ah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here for it. I want to see it. I want to watch it. And I hope they have some nice steamy scenes. What can I say? Special request to my dealer, you party right down. They want the grind and make a you bella job with this sound. Uncle, you got the OG tidying, get squeezy, squeezy. Excess amount of love and I'm gonna make it easy. Get about the good, give me the feeling, feeling. Get about the good, I need the sexual healing. Get about the good, give me the feeling, feeling. Get about the good, I need the sexual healing now. Gotta say thank you to all the listeners who logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, remember to keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Also, got to give a big thank you to each and every one of you here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Yes! <laughs> I'm Moments With Me. You were listening to Coffee Until World News on the go. Remember to tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with 
me media and here's what's coming up later on today the rose solo show live at 7 p.m eastern on qmzradio.com johnoradio.com and viscosityblend.com here's a little more to take us out oh javet you you it's your first time hearing this one oh yeah um yes ah okay i'll play for you another day definitely <laughs> Definitely will play this one for you again. But yeah, it's an oldie but goodie. (laughs) Here's a little Enrique Iglesias. Don't turn off the lights. To my listeners on QMZRidder.com and JohnnoRidder.com, whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask you this one favor. Please be safe. See you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. This is Moments with me signing out. What?